I am the night. I am the next podcast. Mr. Renee's charging up, but we are surviving the storm here. Or at least Renee did. I ran like a little bitch. <laughs> day eight over here. <laughs> Row war. Counting count the days. <laughs> <laughs> like our president uh, doing the tally. Yep, that's it, man. Hot as fuck in this Louisiana heat. Uh, I no power. I only had to deal with it for about three days. And Tina was already fed up with it. I think three days. Since Friday. Yeah, you were back a day before you went and got a generator. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was Tina. See, my my thing was, if it was just me, I wasn't planning to get a generator. I was just going to deal with the heat. It got too hot. I'll chill in the truck for a bit. Come back in here. Windows open. Like, Because my original thing was I was going to tell Tina, like, oh, and I did kind of. I was like, look, you could stay here in Mississippi with the kids. But like when, when I called my boss and I said, hey, what's going on with work? Like just seeing. And he's like, oh, yeah, we, we started with, with delivering some stuff, you know. So, yeah, if you can commute back over here, it's cool. It's like, well, I can't commute from where I am. It's like four. I'm not driving five hours there, five hours back, you know. Right. That ain't happening. Like it's just it's just not feasible. But I was like, you know, to get things started, you need people coming back. So for me, like I, I, it was, you know, I, I figured that they would give me some extra money. So it's not all just me being, oh, just want to help out. But part of it is part of it is like, yeah, I want to come back and help out. You know, people need people need food options, mm. you know, chip aisles wiped. Frito-Lays is the biggest one. That's who I'm working with now. So, I mean, and where are you delivering? All over New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, today I went to the like a Walmart in Kenner. Then I went to uh, at the Walmart in Kenner. I went, I hit that Dornax. Okay. And then I went over to the Walmart in North Carrollton. Then I came back, got another load, went to the the Zapardos, and then hit over at that Winn Dixie uh, on Vets. Okay. That's off of Carrollton and Vets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So and I did all that yet today. Yesterday, I hit the Walmart and Harahan with like a double order, full truck, <clears throat> hit them up. Then I took, and I took three other stores. I forget who. I think it was like two Rouses. It was two Rouses and another Walmart, uh, Belchase Highway, yeah. around Belchase and Algiers and all that. So, you know, trying. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like in Jefferson Parish in particular, I mean, people need those options because the the FEMA centers haven't really been set up in Jefferson Parish like they haven't been in New Orleans. Like people talk a lot of stuff about New Orleans Mayor, but she really coordinated well. That's good with the government because you have charging centers, several. You have places you can eat, cooling centers. I think Jefferson Parish for a while it was like one on the East Bank, one on the West Bank of Jefferson Parish. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and and the the food option because. You should be able to get a free meal. Really wasn't available mm-hmm. on this side or the other side of Jefferson Parish. So, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, people need, even if they have to pay a little something, you know, people need to be able to get something to eat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the only man. thing I've seen open when I first got down here, which was Friday, was that Dairy Queen. Yeah. And it's like, man, 
I wonder what options they got there. Like, this line down the fucking road. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, everything that's because people that could get their gener- the generators up, like, you know, Waffle House open, mm-hmm. like, soon as they could. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> two, I see two Waffle Houses open. But see, even like, so I, I'm, I'm going to go into this, but I just want to acknowledge this is who's next podcast. It's me, Seth, and Renee, just to What's make sure up? that was said in front. This episode is going to be more of a update of what's going on. You know, we were ones affected by the storm. Patrick and uh, Jerome still haven't come back yet. A shout out to them and their AC, just like I am now. <laughs> <laughs> but they're enjoying it. Um, so, um, yeah. But anyway, um, well, I made a couple trips. So when I first got back, and this goes into what I was just about to say, when I first got back, Tina was like, I want a generator. And it's like, because it's an investment anyway. Yeah. Because like. That's what I told you. It's like, well, yeah. Investment. Yeah. Yeah. Even if we come home and like electricity's working, like it's still. So I was like, well, fuck, we ain't going to find much here. I said, if I have to, we'll just make a trip out to Alabama. Mm. It's in Mobile, Alabama. It's like, that's far enough where I don't think many people are going to try. And I could just fill up, fill up gas and stuff like that. And then my job was telling me, like, yo, we'll give you, like, eight gallons, 15 gallons a day. We'll just give you gallons of gas a day, you know? So I was like, they'll refill me. I got to fight through lines in New Orleans. Like, we can make this trip. Somebody got shot in Jefferson Parish. Yeah, they got killed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened was it was a young dude. Somebody skipped the line. Yeah, it was a young dude. He skipped the line. Mm -hmm. Then he got confronted by a dude. I don't know who or what. I just know the suspect was a young black dude. He was like 20. And um, he skipped, got confronted. The young dude went to his car, pulled a gun, came out, shot the guy. And drove off. Didn't get any gas. <clears throat> Apparently, people kept pumping gas. Yes. They they stepped over the man's dead body, and they still pumped gas. Yeah. If you want to understand how crazy it's been, <laughs> that's how crazy it's been. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just on Clearview. Yeah. Yeah. That was on Clearview. That's, that's supposed to be the nicer side of, like, in Metairie, you know, around that area, right? Yeah. Well, My understanding my understanding because I know Kenner's kind of gotten a little shittier over the years especially since I think the Espinade Mall fell apart and there's not as much yeah. like going yeah. on there so I, I built my business in the Kenner area mm-hmm. uh, training people and, and when I was at the gym I was at they had different locations and I got sent to the for lack of a better word the poorer location you had the, the Metairie location if you're familiar with French Riviera stuff you know there's the big one on Veterans and Cleary mm-hmm. That's that. That's your soccer moms and yeah. your more affluent people. And I got sent to Williams, McKenna. <laughs> well, it's a bunch of you know, lovely people, <laughs> work working class, lovely Hispanics, working class, uh, yeah. um, Middle Eastern mm. business owners. I mean, like they own a bunch of subways out there and oh, stuff for sure. like that, yeah. dude. Uh, the, Indian, I mean, if you can get one of them, like yeah, they'll, they'll, but Indian people. I, I see more Indian people. I've come, even when I used to work for uh, Hunt Brothers, uh, we would get customers like from India that would like buy gas because they they do the the uh, the Arabic people seem to like buy more convenience stores and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, Indian people delve into that a bit, but 
most of any people I've met that like own convenience stores, they're like, oh yeah, we used to do Subway. It's like a lot of them do the subway. It seems to be, you know. So a lot of them on subway, especially mm-hmm. out there. It's a lot of black and brown people that live in that area. Yeah. If you drive down Williams, it's a bunch of Mexican restaurants. Yeah. And stuff like that. So yeah, it's true. I mean, that's primarily. If you I go, a lot of Hispanic people. If you go the other way, you got the Lakeside Mall, mm-hmm. and the other thing that feeds that is because it's right there by uh, North Shore. Cause it's by the beer, the bridge. Now it's a long right, bridge, right. but there's a lot of people with money out that way, mm-hmm. and so that area is like oh, yeah, North Shore. And so oh, Clearview, right. Clearview, where the guy got shot at, that's right in the middle. Right, basically right in the middle of those two worlds. You can almost which say. I mean, apparently, like you go back off of which is typical of any metropolitan city. You go back off the main street. Mm-hmm. They have some. Poor people that live back up in those neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah, and I used to work. I also used to work off of veterans when I used to sell mattresses, and mm. you know, we knew you know where the bad areas were back up in there. Off of veterans, also you had some good cuts, you had some bad cuts like vets and homie. You don't want to be on homie probably. Yeah, Edenborn, <laughs> Severn, mm. probably a little bit better off. But uh, yeah, I mean. You never know, depending on the area, they, they have, you know, your bad pockets yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it, it, it's anywhere. I mean, so. I'm surprised. I mean, and there have been incidents, but I think that was the only fatality at a gas line that's happened. So far, so that's far. been reported. Which, yeah. the lines have been thinning out because more places are opening up, so it's they not as mad and frantic it to get gas. Bad. A lot of people look. I'm learning like this is probably the first my first storm as an adult that I've actually probably had to go through where I stay because, you know, you don't have to respond for anything. Your parents tell you that's like almost a Katrina level, at least like, I mean, it it is funny. I seen a a meme or somebody are, you know, memes already posted up about like the children of Katrina are now the adults of Ida. Yeah. And I saw a few of my friends probably like shit when Katrina happened. All I had to do was pack my shit and get in the car. Yeah, now yeah. I'm like, and you know, for my friends that have kids, which is a good bit of them, like I have to, you know, now I have to make that decision to stay or go. Yeah. And I have kids, that shit, shit is fucking me up. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, and you never really understand when like, because my mom is in my head, fill your tank, get cash, whether you stay or go. Because the aftermath of something like this is worse than a storm, really. Yeah. A lot of times. Because, I mean, it was... Look, I, I won't lie. That wind was humming. I actually didn't want to ask you about that. that. So, a, what was that experience like sitting through it? Because it happened midday Sunday, right? It was... Yeah. It started... My power went out 9.30 Sunday. Like, when the wind just started. Like, you sneeze, my power goes out in Harvey. So, it, it don't take much for my power to go out. So, I already knew, like, you know, it was coming. So, I mean, you know, it, it's the way it was. It was a long night. And when I'm talking about that thing set, it's set. It was hours. Usually, it's, you know, shit passes. But that thing set, and I'm like watching. I'm, I'm, the main thing I was worried about was losing windows. Mm-hmm. That's not something I wanted to deal with. Did you board them up? No, I didn't board them. <laughs> I boarded up mine. <laughs> yeah, I saw when, when you, uh, uh, when you sent the picture. Oh, uh, the roof damage. Yeah. 
I saw you had boarded yours up, but I, I mean, we're in there, so. We got lucky, actually. The house that we bought, he had pre-cut out boards for every window, so we just kept them. Mm. They were pre-cut out, holes drilled, and also when it came time, all I had to do was, and he had them all labeled, so then just match it, yeah. put the drills in, holds in place. Like, it's real simple. I didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, I have the master in, in my I house, think I've so. only pulled them out twice since i've lived here because some of the other storms that weren't as bad i didn't really board up i think it was one other storm maybe gustav yeah what was the other what was the other one that did there was another storm that was not as strong as ida but it did close to this much damage around 2012 it was around 2012 i remember because my son might have been because my son was just born and i remember sitting outside with him no ac we had no generator we had money for that shit and like uh, some neighbor saw me out there and like gave me a generator. They had, I guess, a spare one or whatever the case was. So we got a room cold because my, my son was just born. Mm-hmm. I was working for Klein Peter at the time, which helped because they had milk, they had juice, water, gallon jugs, all that stuff. So I would get a bunch of that shit. Just off, they would just give it to me. Yeah. So that that was that always it always helped to be working with somebody in an industry of food <laughs> food or liquids because <laughs> you they, they they do take care of you to some extent frito-lay has definitely done the most i've ever seen of taking care of what they've done you know so shout out to them for props, that. To, props to frito yeah they for sure yeah. they 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 really come through at least for those who are working and you know working for them in there it's like that so that's been appreciated appreciated but um, that's always helped, but I remember that, and it might be George. I keep wanting to say it's Gustav. I think Gustav was two thousand eight. I remember that one knocked out power for a bit, but I don't think it was as bad. I want to say though, the one in twelve, we were out of power for a while. I mean, how long? How long were you out for Laura last year? I mean, I think you had power, right? You yeah, lost power. I don't know if you even lost power for Laura. I think I think you might have maybe a day or so. Yeah, maybe a day. Yeah. But see, the one in twelve, I want to say we were out for like almost two weeks. Yeah. And this one, we were out for about a week. It hit Sunday. I just got power last night, so yeah, basically a week yeah. is when I was out of power. So, but um, when you were sitting there at the storm, could you hear like, like those the wood fucking cracking? Like you had to hear some of that, huh? I mean, because like there's down power lines and these huge wooden posts snapped in half. Yeah. See, you know? we, we didn't lose any uh, wood poles by me. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it was just that wind was heavy and I'm just watching because my room has the window. Yeah. So big window. So I'm watching those trees just bend back and forth. Jesus. And, I'm, and like I said, it's hours because you can't. I slept through some of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, my mom couldn't sleep, but uh, I was like, <laughs> shit, what, what else can you do but sleep? Yeah. I mean. Just try and. Just try to. I mean, it was a little nerve-wracking. Fast forward the storm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was a little nerve-wracking just watching it because I'm thinking, I just don't want to lose. when I don't want the roof to cave because I'm looking at power lines and I'm shit. how far they are from my house and like these motherfuckers fall. Mm. Like how, how like close is it going to be? To my room. My mom. And everything else. My mom had a tree in her backyard. A big, like, tree. I don't know what kind of tree. I don't remember. It's a big tree. And it snapped and fell forward. And it hit her 
back patio, but yep. not the house. Oh, it just uh, just the back patio got a little damaged, and so other than that, I don't think they had much damage at all. Which is saying a lot because they live close to Booty. Yeah. Booty got devastated. Which that's, that's what you say. Yeah. Shout out to Eric. He's out there and Kev. Oh. Kev and Eric both live out there in Booty. Kev, I mean, Eric said he's got some leaking in his house, some damage. The house is still standing. And another buddy of mine I used to work with at the pizza company, and like, he said his house beat the shit up, but it's still standing. So like, they got hit pretty hard over there in Booty yeah. for sure. I didn't yeah. look. Same thing with like uh, Laplace and all that. Yeah. Like, I think there was I mean, massive flooding over there. Yeah, a couple of people I know that uh, a couple of people I know that I work with. At the hospital, they live in Lafitte. So, uh, like, one of them is posting the cleanup and, like, all the mud that washed up on the property. You know, just, it's like, how do you even, how do you walk up to that and look at that and just, like, well, we got to get to work. All right, where do you start? It's like, they were, like, Lafitte went underwater. So, like, they had to bring in pumps to pump the water out. I mean, that's just insane. I mean, you know, Katrina level flooding in Lafitte and uh I think they said green what did they say Grand Isle is like a full uh full remodel like they gotta the whole fucking town yeah they said they gotta tear down and start over from scratch fuck and that used to be a popping spot for me when I was with the pizza company I used to sell a lot of pizza during the summer over yeah, there I know you say you used to go to Grand Isle I guess I switched jobs in time <laughs> that shit <laughs> That shit would have hurt my pockets yeah. bad. And I don't even mean to look at it. Just I'm just looking at myself because of how it affects. But, like, it, I, what what am I supposed to say about the people down there? It's fucking terrible. Yeah. You know, like, there's, they, they have nothing. So I just. And there are people that, like, uh, they go out there. They have summer houses out there and stuff. I'm like, mm. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I mean, if you live out there, I mean, apparently it's a great place to live. I mean, I don't know. It's a weird place to live. You know, it's so interesting. People that live there, you know, they apparently they really. Well, see, this is you know, the interesting. A lot of people like to visit, but yeah, it's it's more of a visiting place. There's some people that live there, but you know what's interesting is a lot of people that work there. Like there was a there's a main grocery store out there, and the lady there's a lady who owns it. I think her dad owned it. And she took it over, if I'm not mistaken, and. um they own a lot of the living quarters of the people who, who work there. Like, all the renting and stuff is yeah. through her yeah. for all that stuff. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of a weird place to live because you are... I mean, I guess if you like the beach and stuff like that, and I would say even the beach, I don't know how great the beach is. I guess it's okay. i never really been out to the beach there. But, like, boats, going boating and fishing and stuff, yeah. if that's your jam, for sure, it's probably nice to live out there. Mm. But if that's not your jam, I don't know. Let me let her in. She's acting crazy. She's been acting crazy all all damn day. Not day. Ever since I got home. How'd they handle the trip? What's up? All right. She's making noise, so I had to let her in for a bit. Come here. That's my dog. They handled the trip fine, but I think, actually, we might have to put Sarah down. Yeah. Uh, It's that bad. I don't know. I mean, she's blind. 
that's not why but now like earlier she we were trying to have her to get up and walk around and like she has something wrong with her hind legs like i don't even know she's struggling just to walk yeah and it's at that point that it's like and you might i might have to yeah but i think at that when that start ha- starts happening like she'll have good days and bad days some days <laughs> yeah. she'll get up some days she won't yeah so, and that's when you start to know like yes yeah, it's, yeah, it's about, about that, that time, time. Yeah. yeah so uh and it, it really started taking effect she gets bad nerves and i knew the trip up would probably do a toll on her but they had a nice they had a nice little spot to kind of stay in they had an area where they can gate it was like a shed but it was a very open shed. Like, it was just a covering. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge gate that they had. But it was like, you know, they had air. To, they weren't, like, enclosed in anything. And then they had a huge yard. So we would let them out. we just let them run around. And then we'd put them in the shed for a bit whenever we were gone or sleeping or whatnot. And they had a decent amount of space in that shed, too. And there was a nice Confederate flag protecting them. <laughs> that was posted right above it. Made sure, you know, that... States' uh, rights. That's right. They have their states' rights. But no, shout out to them. They're, you know, whatever you want to say about whatever. They're good people. They took us in. They gave us a place to sleep. A few people. A few other their family members and stuff from Louisiana. There was a full house in there. But everybody was pretty respectful of everybody's space, cordial. And it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't a bad situation at all. I mean, I was able to play games and stuff and kind of hang out. The guy over there, he plays games like I do and stuff. He kind of talks my speed a bit on that end. So, you know, it was decent. The only thing is you're in the country over there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like 30 minutes away from everything, you know. And even the nearest town is like a Walmart and like a few ins and outs, but nothing really. I, my wife was jonesing for Starbucks, and the Starbucks was like about an hour drive away. <laughs> <laughs> so, did the town have a version of Starbucks? I don't even know. We never even looked around that hard to find. You know, we just kind of hung out and just kind of was checking the news and stuff and hearing about the power, making sure the dog stayed good. And, you know, I mean, it was a nice setup they had to be able to house. Like, we have three dogs. Yeah. You know, it's hard to find a hotel or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if we didn't have, you know, family and stuff that were able to do that, we'd probably have to ride it out too. And it looks like we would have been fine if we rode it out. We just had no power. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, it's just uncomfortable. It's been yeah. uncomfortable. And the, it was the best decision for me to stay because I needed to be close to my studio also. Yeah. Which got a little bit of damage on the inside. With the flooding and everything. Yeah. So if I... If Kenner I, got fucked up. I just yeah, drove Kenner. up Loyola yeah. and I seen snap trees and poles yeah, everywhere. Yeah, fucked Kenner up. Tina time. was saying the... Who is it? The, whoever it is over Kenner. Uh, I don't remember what the exact title was. They said that they're wanting to talk to Energy about like... Um, there's potential about... There's a discussion they were going to have. It's like... First of all, they want to talk to energy like, why the fuck so many poles snapped? Mm-hmm. Like, have there been any checks on, like, how sturdy these poles are and stuff? But it's like, I think you know the answer to that because yeah, these like, poles are old as shit. Yeah. They've been here since I can remember. Like, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, and even in, like, I mean, you put the same shit up that you used to have. Mm-hmm. You keep putting the same stuff up, but the storms are getting stronger. We're yeah. probably going to have one like this at minimum every year. 
with the with the way this stuff is headed. I don't know I mean, if it'd be at minimum every year. I would. I don't know, I man. Because we had we had one that knocked us out for some people out for almost a week last last year. Yeah, it, it wasn't this bad, but I was out for what, was like maybe five dip. days. Ida was definitely the wind version of Katrina. It didn't hit as much with the rain and flooding, and I think some of that had to do with New Orleans having better levee systems and everything. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the pumps came back on like miraculously, like right before. Oh, yeah. So like I said, that was a bad pump that might have, mm. like if because if they would have much more of a flood event if that pump hadn't been working. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm just saying, maybe it's time you start running your power lines, running your power a different type of way, well, like the, New Orleans these days, run them underground. They, 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 Kenner guy was that was the thing they were proposing is running underground, but this is the issue. Energy's like we're not paying for that shit, so you gonna pay, and so um, they want to bring it up to let the people vote and see if they want to pay for this operation. And what he's saying is like, right now, if we vote for sure, I think people will say, put that shit underground. We'll pay because they don't want to deal with this shit. Mm. They can't really have that discussion and stuff till November. By November, when everything's Gucci, they're going to be like, he feels like people might be more like, eh, that's not so bad. I've made it through. And they're not going to vote for the higher bill. And so then that's not going to happen, and we're going to have the same situation again. So, and that's what they were talking about in Kenner. Um, all over, a lot of polls and shit snapped. But I mean, just I don't know. Just out now. I mean, you never know where the brunt of that shit is going to hit. So, mm-hmm. could be you. Could be one of these places that they're talking about end of the month. Yeah, where you you not gonna have see? I think like booty and stuff, all that's gonna be end of the month, and I think certain parts of Kenner might be closer to end of the month with so many polls down. Mm. Like that's got to take a long time to get done. So, and I'm assuming they're just working from like New Orleans East, kind of almost over. Yeah, because it's easy to fix a lot of that area, and then they kind of put more work towards the the bigger task in the areas that are hit harder. Like, I'm assuming they still got people working there because I've seen them. But more people will start coming over there as they hit the small stuff. So, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I had, like, all, all my all my carpet, I had to pull that up. And I, I had to pull. At the studio, right? Yeah. Because your I, house, your house didn't get. No, I mean, I walked yeah. outside. House next to me had shingle damage. Mm. Across the street, they lost windows. And I'm like. Whew. Yeah. That's one problem. I don't have. That's what's Then I drive out to Kenna, I think, Monday afternoon. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. But, you know, it's it wasn't as bad. It looks bad on the outside. Like, if you drive past and you look at it, it looks... Yeah, I think you shared some pictures. Yeah. And it did look kind of rough. It looks terrible. Mm-hmm. But it's just the awning. And that awning was crusty anyway. Yeah. And now it's a chance to, you know, build it back a little bit better. Hopefully. And it's not my... It's not my area. Landlord has to do that. So hopefully. Whatever insurance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hopefully she builds back better. I had to kind of tell her about her building the other day. And that was a, that was an interesting conversation. Bottom line is it flooded in the back. Like, cause I I put sandbags out and everything, but it came in through the back wall. So I'm like, look, seal that shit up. Something. Mm -hmm. Cause 
it's happened a couple of other times where it's rained really hard and it sat over us and I get water through the back wall. So I'm like, look, yeah. it's the third time I'm dealing with this. Like, now's a chance for you to improve the building. Yeah. You know, she, you know, kind of wanted to pass the buck. And I'm like, look, I don't want to hear it. Unacceptable. I don't want to have to pull up all my shit every time it rains hard. Mm-hmm. So, but it is what it is. I had Shrubles. to pull everything out. I had to. Cause water got under everything, like the full, the whole floor. So I had yeah. to pull up all the rubber. I had to move all that heavy ass shit, mm-hmm. get underneath all that stuff, clean it all. Now, I mean, I'm pretty much done with most of the cleanup. Now I just have to replace my carpet and all of that stuff. So I'm, I'm ready to go. Almost, I'm pretty much ready to go now. I can take clients. It's just I don't want them parking in front of that building. Yeah, that's a hazard. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically. Waiting on her to get our people out to at the very least take all that stuff down so I can start taking clients. But like, it could have been worse. Have are you, some of your clients come back? Are you getting calls yet about starting up workouts again? Because, like, for me, I actually have paused my workout shit for the moment because yeah. I didn't have AC. I, I didn't have any clothes. A week. You haven't? I haven't worked out in a week. Yeah. I mean, well, I've been doing like, well, I've been cleaning it. When shit. I was in Mississippi. Yeah. I was working out. Yeah. It was, you know, I had air conditioned stuff. I was able to, you know, eat better and all this. When I came back, I already told myself, like, I'm not going to try and throw caution to the wind too badly, mm-hmm. but I'm going to eat what I can eat. Like, yeah. I'm just going to, I can't, I can't be picky. I can't try to, you know, worry about that kind of shit. I'm just going to eat what what's available, what's offered, yeah. whatever. That's what I've been doing. I mean, we eat whatever they put in front of me. If, if, yeah. I, if, if I go to this, uh, this center. And they got free food. I was in line at Winn Dixie, and I was like, "Man, I need something to eat." And the only thing they had next to me was just some orange sliced candy. And I was like, "Looks like I'm gonna have you today." (laughs) (laughs) So, but I mean, once things get a little back, diet's getting back, and I'm gonna try and start my workout regimen again tomorrow. Now that my AC and everything's working, I was doing like an all body. Push-ups, sit-ups, squats, lunges, one-legged deadlifts and stuff like that with some dumbbells, lightweight dumbbells, but just doing some more reps. And I was like, in Mississippi, I was doing like 40-minute workouts burning like 600 calories. Doing it outside, keeping active, like doing shit, hitting different muscle groups as I'm going. And I was changing up workouts almost every day. But I was doing some core stuff almost all the time, like always doing push-ups and always doing some version of squats. And so I just do legs, body, just all together, yeah. just just doing what I can, you know. And then when I got back here, it's like, yeah, I need, I need, because my work, I know my work's going to be weird. I don't know what times I'm going to be getting off and all this kind of stuff. It's all going to be, so I'm just going to have to try and make do with what I can to them. And I, I haven't heard anything from uh, the hospital as far as when West Jeff is going to be opening up. Uh, I I would I assume because the lights are on by the mall. I would think the body shop they're opening up tomorrow. Open up tomorrow. Yeah, when I was driving past, I saw the Snap Fitness was open. People were in there working out. Yeah, on Labelco. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know what's going on with uh with the West Jeff Fitness. Mm. They haven't called me yet about coming in to work or anything. And I would assume because the mall is up. The mall has lights, so I would assume 
that building has lights at this point. Yeah, that's a good thing. But you know what? You never know. Because, like, shit. Yeah. My house, lights on that street, lights on that street. Like, you can literally, like, it was funny. The, the last night before our lights got cut on, I was coming home. Because, like, worse news on worse news. I get find out my grandmother's on her deathbed right now. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. I mean, wasn't that close to her. My mom's always kept distance from her side of the family a bit. Not that there's anything too wrong, but like her sister, my aunt, was drughead. And like just just some stuff over there that she just kind of like... Kept us at arm's length from that side of the family. For yeah. better, for better, yeah. for worse. It's, it's hard to really say, you know. But, um, we, I mean, I did go visit with my grandmother from time to time. I remember one of the things she used to always have this, like, two big bags filled with, like, nickels, dimes, pennies, and all this shit, and quarters and shit. And it would be almost, like, sometimes, like, $10 and change before me and Tim, my yeah. brother. So we would have, like, almost 20 bucks on our hands with just quarters, nickels, and dimes yeah. and shit like that. And that was just a memory I have because, like, we would like to go there because then we would get some money and then we'd go buy, like, a video game or something like that, you know? So, but I didn't really have any, like, she didn't have, she never used to come over and I never really stayed over there. Like, there's no real memory I have that's anything, like, meaningful. Now, she has moved in with my mom because of some fuck shit, but, like, I think... People have said sorry and mended fences, and that's good. Mm. I'm glad that happened before she might be passing. Yeah. So I, I actually went yesterday to go see her in Mississippi. I drove out there right after work. Just to, I was only there for maybe like, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. I mean, she's not responsive. She, I walked in and said, hey, Grandma. She kind of looked and then just was like just eyes closed, shifting, like just not... They say she's doing better than what she was, but she's still not out of the woods, and so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it means. So, um, they thought she was going to be gone by yesterday, and she's still here today. So I don't know. Maybe she pulls through. Regardless, you know, it's just I guess when it rains, it pours. You know. Yeah. So, and that's my mom's mom. So I know my mom turned face and came straight back over here once that happened. At least she got to see her mom, and she was still alive. Yeah. So, I don't know. But there's been a lot of driving around all over the place. Yeah, yeah man. It's been um, it's been a time. So, but making the best of it. It's not so bad, man. I mean, there's still a lot to be thankful for. Definitely, I'm thankful for, like, you know, a lot of family, a lot of support, friends and stuff, always willing to help. Um, that's good, man. It's one thing I, I've really tried to value is value friendships. You know, not just to, you know, use people or like they're a good support system, but it's like you get a lot of value from having friends and they can help you and you should do it in return. Right. You know, like that's whole my whole thing. Like, uh, I would like to be there for all my friends whenever something's wrong. I'm trying to offer you whatever. And if you want to take it great, if not, whatever. You know, but, um, and I don't expect it in return. That's one thing I think some people do, and I, I don't think that should be the case, right? Yeah. Just because I offer you help doesn't mean I expect it in return. If you offer it, great. 
you know. And if I call and ask you for something, I hope that you do it. But you don't. You shouldn't have a mandate. I don't. I don't believe in that. Yeah. You got your own shit going on. You know, like all your friends and stuff. They all have lives that are different from what you're doing. So, you know, try and help out where you can. Sometimes you can't. You know, some people you run into, their lives are such a mess. They make such bad decisions that like. <laughs> You can't help them. <laughs> like you can't put your life in jeopardy to help this person, you know. <laughs> so, but um, I don't know. I, I've I've found that I've got a good support side. I think the people on the podcast, Jerome and Patrick and stuff, and you, definitely good group of friends. I wish Eric was able to come here a little more often with Kevin and stuff like they used to. Um, and then Ryan left us. Fuck that guy. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know Ryan might be listening. You know we love you. But um Yeah, you know, but still Ryan's always somebody I can call for stuff. In fact, Ryan, um uh, when we first started this podcast, he wrote me a check for two hundred dollars. Yeah. He was the one first invested in it and he was part of this podcast for quite some time until he moved. And he still did it over the phone for a while. I mean now he's, you know, kinda of focused with other things and yeah, he's always got an open spot here if he ever wants to jump back on. But, you know, Ryan's always a good buddy of mine, man. He's known him for quite some time now. He's doing all right. So it's always good to have good, especially in times like this, it's always good to have people, even if it's just not just for resources, people to just talk to and lean on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it helps. I think it goes a long way. Sure. What's been your pastime? How you been getting through these days other than sleep? Because you've at least had some in. That's one thing I've heard. The cell phone signal was shoddy for a while. Terrible. But, but it's, how long was that before? Like, Because ever since I've been down here since Friday, I haven't had too much of an issue with my cell phone getting internet. Yeah. And then when I got power, Cox Cable was working. Yeah. I had no hiccup with the internet so far. Now, I know that's not the case for everybody, but it's what it's been for me. What's been your situation with the phones and stuff? Uh, like I said, I didn't have decent phone service on this side of the river for maybe it was day eight, five days probably. Uh, then one day I think maybe this day, day's Monday. I think maybe Saturday, I came back on this side from uh doing what I had to do on East Bank, and my signal was still working i was still able to you know get through on the internet so just uh trying to keep up with the outside world you know trying to keep up with instagram now a few people a few people uh i follow because i don't really watch the local news but i follow a couple of uh the newscasters one guy i went to school with and uh a couple of chicks that are Fine as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, right. So yeah, following them. So that that so and following their news feeds. That's kind of how I've been keeping up with, like what's going on. Uh, since you know, and listening to the radio, I've probably listened to the radio more than I've ever listened to the radio. WWL. Yeah, they've been coming through. Cause uh, I think they've taken over a couple of the radio stations. Like ninety eight point five. Yeah, they ninety five point seven. Ninety. I think you know. I think Fox had ninety eight point five. So that's what I've been kind of. Uh, okay. Fox eight. I think B ninety seven. I know. I think they took over that station. 
And then there was 95.7, which I think is like a rock station. Mm. And I think there's one other FM station they took over. They took over a few FM stations. And then, of course, they're actually an AM, typically, radio station for like the news yeah. and stuff, local. One, one thing I noticed that uh, they had the, the local uh, local jockeys on 98.5. You know, 98.5 is typically like Steve Harvey in the morning and all of that stuff. Yeah. But they had like Wild Wayne and Uptown Angela on 98.5. And I'm like, hmm. And they're like, thank you for doing this, Wayne. I was like, Wayne, I'm on 98.5. <laughs> then I realized like, oh, they're they're on this they're on this one too but uh yeah i listen to more radio like i would just sit outside and listen to the radio and also that was that was the only way i could charge my phone too for the first like maybe two days yeah, two, car. two three two three days or so before they started opening up charging centers mm-hmm. so uh yeah a lot of lot of time on the radio trying to hear what's going on in the world trying to find out what the power situation was and all of that stuff when I could get out of the West Bank, I was able to get online and, you know, check up on my comic stuff and yeah, yeah, what's, yeah. what's what's going on with that. Also trying to avoid Shang-Chi spoilers. So I can't, I couldn't really get too deep into the woods with that. So that's been kind of killing me, not really, you know, really diving in on my stuff like that because I'm trying to avoid Shang-Chi spoilers. Mm-hmm. So I've been avoiding a lot of the usual sites I go on. Uh, a little bit of YouTube, when I can get on YouTube, a little bit of that. I actually, when I was on the East Bank, I actually was able to buy that uh, Mortal Kombat Battle of the Realms. I, I'm i going to buy that. I heard it's really good. I liked, Scorpion's Revenge was a little bit better. But really? Battle of the Realms, they tried to do, it could have been two movies, mm-hmm. and they tried to do it in 80 minutes. Ah. And I'm like, they tried to do Mortal Kombat 2 and 3 mm-hmm. in one movie. So it was Liu Kang, it was the Liu Kang versus Shao Kahn stuff. And then they tried to do the Shinnok stuff as a B plot, mm. and I'm like, Yo, y'all are doing way too much, mm. and like it, everything was kind of happening so abruptly. Like it was all cool. The fights were great. The lore, if 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 you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, it's a lot more accepting. I think even more so than the movie where they were saying the movie, the live action movie. Or if you're a fan of the characters, it's a little more acceptable. How mediocre it is, I think it's more true for this movie because if, if you know these characters and you know these plot points and all of that stuff you're a lot more accepting they basically threw everything at you it was like we might not get another movie so we give you smoke we give you Cyrax Sector we give you Shinnok we're giving you the we give you Onaga and I'm like isn't this like a Deadly Alliance Armageddon thing, but they tried to do it. So it's like... Shoved it all in there. Yeah, they dished everything. Two or three games worth of shit. God damn. But, I'm a Liu Kang. I kind of feel like Liu Kang kind of gets the short end of the stick, especially because the ninjas are so popular. He so, got the short end of the stick in this one? No. I was, I was he, he actually got to be the lead. Nice, because that was actually one of the weird things with the first one is the fact that, then you spoil this for the first one, but we covered this already and this is kind of older is that Scorpion kind of comes in and takes his victory against... Uh, like, literally snatched it from him. Yeah, against Goro, right? Yeah. Like, he, like, like Luke Kang, because that was one of the things we talked about, is, like, Luke Kang was struggling, like, fuck against Goro. He almost died against Goro. Yeah. And he he's would supposed, have died. Yeah, but then he's supposed to go and fight Shang Tsung. I mean, um, uh, Shao Kahn. It's like, how the fuck is this supposed to happen? And, and that's another thing. They, they never really showed him, like, 
getting stronger per se. I get, you'll watch it. But like I said, it's 80 minutes. Yeah. And you just kind of have to accept that. A lot of he, Johnny Cage, they lean on that? They leaned on Joe McHale a lot for... The first one did. They, for his for, voice talent. Yeah, because they said they were surprised at how well he, like, he was and what he was doing with Johnny Cage. Yeah. So they added more Johnny Cage in when they first did that Scorpion's uh, Revenge yeah. in that first animated movie. Johnny Cage was interested in this movie. I'll say that. Okay. I actually think, believe it or not, Stryker was a better character. Oh, okay, cool. At, at least from a combat perspective, they kind of played Johnny as a little bit of a joke. I'm kind of it. Sonya went off. Oh. Clean off. Uh, Liu Kang went off. Liu Kang and Sonya were the best were the best people in it. Nice. Raiden had a decent little, small little subplot in there. This tournament, like you'll see, it, it should have been basically been called Anybody Can Get It. <laughs> Just the way this tournament was structured. Nice. It's like there was no bracket. Yeah. Well, it's, that's how they did the first, in the first one, right? Wasn't it like if you just run into somebody and they declare Mortal Kombat, it's yeah, just you fight? That, that's basically what it was. But it was like all in one arena. It's like there's a point where like Shao Kahn stays in the circle for about a good three, four fights because they, they kept throwing motherfuckers at Shao Kahn. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept beating the shit out of everybody. And it's basically anybody can get it. Then he went and sat down. All right. It's like Damn. somebody else come up here. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's pretty cool. I was like, man, this is literally anybody can get it. Yeah, that's what's up. It's like they, they threw a few fighters at Shao Kahn until they said, all right, we're going to give it as a break. Nice, nice. Since, since uh, Shang Tsung out here. <laughs> Maybe we could beat his ass. <laughs> that's pretty dope. Yeah. Ah, I, that's definitely. I'm gonna buy parts that of that one. were good. So yeah, I was able to. I was able to buy that when I had signal, mm. and then when my signal came back, on I watched it like Saturday. Ah, uh, okay. So that's when I was able to able to go ahead and watch it. Uh, other than that, I haven't watched anything in the last eight days outside of that. Anything new? I did catch a couple of things. Before everything went dark, mm. I finished uh, Sweet Tooth. Like, oh, okay. How was that? Good. Really good. Uh, it's, it's basically Planet of the Apes. Mm. It's, especially when I looked up the, because, uh, you know, I tend to spoil myself a little bit. So I looked forward because I saw they had a sequel to uh, Sweet Tooth that has just started. And then when you kind of find out, it's like 300 years post. The original story mm. is basically like the sweet tooth that's on Netflix right now is basically the Matt Reeves planet of the apes. It's like Simeon flu and like the apes become intelligent and apes become more prominent while the humans are dying off. It's, it's that type of thing. It's, it's basically sweet tooth. Basically I'm surprised nobody got in trouble mm. for doing that. Cause it's basically planet of the apes mm. verbatim. Damn. And uh, just to, it's it's a little bit cuter. It's a little more heartfelt, and you know. I think with art, it's only got you got to at least have enough differences in there to where it's not considered, I guess, like stealing. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, it's and, a fine there, line. there's enough, there's enough in there where there's a there's some difference to it, but the the meat of it, well, the the structure of it is Planet of the Apes. It's mm-hmm. it's the Matt Reeves movies, kind of told in the package of a. And I don't know what came out first. I don't know mm-hmm. if those Matt Reeves movies came out first or Sweet Tooth came out first. But yeah, I definitely, the comic. Yeah, 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 I'm not sure. But I'm definitely sure with the uh, with the way Sweet Tooth ended and the way the sequel starts where 
there are only a few humans left mm. and the the hybrids who were hunted in the, the current story the one we're watching on Netflix they've become the superior race and they're now mm. enslaving humans the humans mm. that are left so it's planet apes yeah, pretty yeah. much yeah but so far it's uh like I I think Friday night like when uh like when I was uh kind of hunkering in for the storm I watched a bunch of Sweet Tooth that's basically I finished that stopped on episode two when I stopped watching it because I got into I think community yeah. yeah that's when you did that yeah and uh and I knocked it out like I couldn't put it down uh couldn't turn it off so I went from two to episode eight and I knocked that out and I also uh did uh that Hugh Jackman movie uh Reminiscence okay that's interesting. Which was interesting. I, that was interesting. I'll have to watch the Reminiscence. I've seen this on HBO. That was something I was actually thinking about watching. So um, you definitely said it had some similarities here to... Um, what, what did you compare it to? The, the Katrina student? Well, just, just what we're going through right now. Yeah. Especially because uh, what, the, what the setting of it is, like, I guess there was there was some type of big storm and the waters rose and they stayed that way. They didn't, they didn't you know, go back out. Yeah. And... uh. Just I guess with global, it's a basically a canon on global warming. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the waters rose and it's so hot now. People don't work or operate or live in the daytime. They sleep during the day, mm. and they work and play party and they live their lives at night. Mm. So they were kind of reverse. Uh, it almost just from what you're telling me because I didn't get none of that from the trailers. I almost feel like. This movie sounds like it's trying to do too much. Well, I mean, I think that's that's kind of just, and you you could have probably set this movie and the concept that, of this movie. In that any idea type of you setting. just said yeah. is kind of interesting to tackle in on the movie itself, front. Yeah. But then you also add in this whole facet of like accessing memories and shit, yeah. which was what I got from the trailers of it. Yeah, which is which is the main part of the story. It's basically that's just backstory. That's just backdrop. Mm-hmm. It's basically the setting the movie is setting up, and I actually think the world is in is more interesting than the story it was telling. Does it help insinuate the the story at all being in that kind of Just setting? Just because like the uh it's it's a classic noir detective story, private eye story set in a future. Basically, it's like you take your classic 30s, 40s I mean whenever those stories took place. Uh private eye with a femme fatale, femme fatale walks in the office says I need your help. And then she takes the detective along this labyrinth of... Well, I guess my question is, do you think it needed that kind of setting? It didn't need... Like I said, you could have set it anywhere. And like, basically, the, the people of influence, they live, yeah, you know, above everybody else. So they live on higher ground. So mm-hmm. he has to interact with these people. And like, they ultimately end up being the centerpiece of the mystery he's trying to solve. Which is basically where where the woman he loved went. Because it almost makes me think of the first Purge movie. Because mm. the first Purge movie had this interesting concept yeah. that was the backdrop of just a, we're locked in a house and people are trying to kill us. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's an interesting concept that you put the world in, yeah. but it's not needed. It's a very elaborate backdrop yeah. for a simple plot. I, was, I would say you're, you're, <laughs> you're hedging in the right direction on, on that. Like I said... You could have said it in the 21st century in the world we live in today and just had regular old rich affluent people and you could have told the same story 
you could have said it in the future. I mean, I guess I guess the whole thing is does it serve the story? I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's just an interesting, cool backdrop. Like you gotta, you have to catch a train to go from Miami to New Orleans because of the water situation. So it's just the the world is interesting. Like I said, the world is more interesting than the story is telling, because the story is, like I said, is very derivative mm. of like your classic detective femme fatale type story. Mm. It's that story verbatim, and then she plays them, and it's it's that whole thing. Oh, he thinks she plays them, and it's unraveling the mystery. Like I said, it wasn't bad. It's a movie that pre-pandemic probably would have done because it's it's alternative programming. They were probably going to put it up against a something that was a little bit stronger. But you have Hugh Jackman as the star in the vehicle and you have Rebecca Ferguson in the who was good and everything. Uh, so you probably put that against something bigger as alternative programming that quietly makes $100 million. It makes his budget back and a little bit more of a hundred to hundred fifty million. This movie, I could see that movie, this movie having made that like pre-pandemic, but it kind of just died on mm. HBO Max. Yeah, and I don't know how many people watch this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it got killed by the critics. Basically, yeah. I saw that. Too ambitious. I don't know. Then almost see you telling me about the backdrop of it. Yeah. That's what makes me feel like those comments about it being too ambitious are a little accurate. Yeah. It's like, cause it sounds like such big concepts that how are you tackling like that? That, that almost sounds like it should have been a Netflix show. That would have been cool. That would have been great. Then you had more time to explore the world and have this femme fatale storyline woven into it. Yeah. And I think it builds better than it being a movie. And I thought I thought the ending was very bittersweet. Mm. Like if, like I said, I enjoyed the movie. Okay, I, I mean cool. I'll give it a B. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the ending was great just because of the almost like damn, yeah. that's how it ends type of thing. But like I said, like I think all of y'all will watch that movie. I think, and I have to ask Jerome maybe since he saw it. And y'all haven't watched I'm not it yet. surprised that Jerome, like I'm, su- I'm not surprised Jerome would. That sounds like something up his alley. He's likes those kind of sci-fi yeah. concepts, this weird thing. So yeah. I'm gonna have to talk to him about it because I, like I said, yeah. like after I finished, I was like, I think all of y'all will walk away from this, and I don't know how Jerome feels about it. Saying y'all walk away from it, saying ain't no pussy that good. <laughs> Can't pause. No pussy is that good. No, no pussy is that good. <laughs> no way Ain't no Hilarious. Like when you see The way it ends Like hell no yeah. I'm not going out Like that Yeah Absolutely yeah, yeah. not Interesting Absolutely okay. not Okay So I'm okay. I'm interested I'm interested to see You and Patrick watch it mm. Cause you have wives mm. Like And maybe you would Do this for your wife Or uh, Patrick would do it For his mm. Um maybe. But I'm interested to see Jerome <laughs> You love Jerome <laughs> I have to have to ask Jerome Actually You know what For that matter Hey, Tina. Tina. Let's see if I can go get her. Yeah, I'm calling your mama. Oh, she heard me. Tina. Come here. First of all, I already know. <laughs> she making noise. So I was like, "That's all she wanted to do. That's all she wanted to do. Just lay here. No, come here. 
you gonna have to move, Tundra. Now, today is actually legally our anniversary when we got married. What? Yeah, thirteen years. Happy anniversary! Thirteen years. Thank you. That's right. Thirteen years. Yeah, that's right. Fourteen years together. Thirteen years married. Our actual wedding was in December, December sixth, but we legally got married in September to help start the adoption process of Alicia to start it sooner. So um, we got legally married sooner. That's why we have two different anniversaries, basically. So how has it been stuck with me for 14 years? (laughs) Right there. There you go. Now's your chance to say your piece. Say your piece. It's been interesting. (laughs) You're going to have to elaborate. <laughs> right there. Oh, look at me. You speak into the mic. You have a chance to talk? You do. Mm-hmm. She's on a podcast before. Mm-hmm. She's not much for the microphone. I'm not. <laughs> Nothing else to say? No, other than you betrayed me on our anniversary for your dog. <laughs> No, I try to keep a shut up because she makes too much noise in the fucking recordings. Yeah, she was she was trying to she was trying to chew through the gate. Yeah, I was like I never seen her like that before. She's never been that crazy. Like I don't know. To squeeze. I don't know what's going on, but she's gotten. I don't know. She's never been that bad about trying to get out. So, yeah, but she's just laying there being lazy. That's all she wanted to do. She came in my feet and just lay down. <laughs> Yep, it's true. Well, I will say that I love you. Happy anniversary to us. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can have a day to ourselves that's not in a city stricken with like half power <laughs> <laughs> at like 40%. It definitely hit at the worst time. But um, if you don't have anything else to say about me or yourself, <laughs> then I appreciate you coming up. Love you, babe. I need y'all to stay happy because if y'all don't, I'm going to lose faith and love in general. Y'all like the only happy couple y'all couple I know. <laughs> we have our days. I mean, well, like five, like, and they all drop and like fly. So like, yeah. I, need y'all, <laughs> I need y'all to hold on because I'm not married yet. So, yep. Well, his parents have been together 36 years. Yep. My parents have made it work for a long time. I, um, me and her have made it work for quite some time, and I'm hoping to keep it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Death threats. That's how you keep a happy marriage. Death threats. Fear. I guess Jerome, I may not do whatever it is that thing (laughs) at the end of that movie. Yeah, I don't know. Tina should watch that movie with you. I think I that I'm I think that's a good one because I I'd be interested to see what she thinks about how that movie ends. Like, are you, are like, will you find it romantic or like that's, that's ridiculous? See, that's this, absurd. This, this is what Tina's gonna say. I wouldn't do that for you, but you should do it for me. That's what she's gonna say. I, I can I already, see that. I already know. I can see that. I already know that's what she's gonna say because that's how it is. Because she told me straight up when we got married, she was like, "I wouldn't have dated you if you had kids." I wouldn't. <laughs> 
<laughs> she wouldn't be a stepmom, but I dated her. I had no kids. Your situation. No kids. Nothing. Married her. And then I even adopted her kid. Mm-hmm. She's an adult now, though. She need to get out the house. She's barely an adult. That's true. But she can still get out of my house. <laughs> yeah. Look at this one. <laughs> yeah, she's at the age and she has an attitude. It's like, all right, you can't get out of this house now. <laughs> so we don't technically have to feed you and clothe you and house you no more. Uh, thanks for coming out. You can stay out if you want, or if you want to go back to your show. I just wanted you to come out and say a little something for our anniversary on this. So I know it can't be what we would like to do, but we'll try and go do something. I told her when I get an off day this week, I'm gonna try and ask if how many off days you're gonna give me, or what are they expecting? Because yeah. I'm gonna try and maybe we'll go to the beach or something, spend a day or two or something like that together. So definitely do that. Especially since, uh, so far, I think the money wise, we could be better about it, but we're not doing bad. I'd say that. So we can do something. Yeah. But, um, oh, I will ask you this before you go then. How did you like Willie's Wonderland? Because she oh. watched it oh, with us. Oh, the Cage movie? Yeah. <laughs> she watched it with us. Basically, it was. It was the live action Five Nights of Freddy, kind of. Oh, that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's very popular. So it's it's kind of like they took that concept, made a movie with it, and stuck yeah. Nick Cage in it, but told him not to say anything. So he, was, he didn't say one word. But he, he was actually fun to watch, though. Like, it's it's it does one of those things where it's like he takes the job too seriously, in a sense, right? So, yeah. like, uh, I don't think you'll – it's not really anything to spoil. So – but and you weren't that interested in it anyway, so I'm not gonna spoil anything for you. It might be worth a watch if you're like. I mean, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch it because. Yeah. So it's he goes to a town, right? And uh, to put it simply, he he gets some car trouble, and they're like, "All right, we'll fix it, but we only take cash." And he's like, "And he doesn't have cash." And of course, he doesn't say a word. He's just like, just staring at him. Like literally, the kids. I had, um, I think Alicia was watching it with us and Eva, and they were cracking up laughing just at his performance. of. He would just, like, stare at people and just, like, the way he would do his face, they were just laughing. It was just so, like, stern. But it shot terribly. Like, it, it, it like cinematography-wise, it's awful. You, it looks like it was shot with an iPhone. Like, it, it kind of almost has that look to it. Like, the lighting is not even that great with it, but... It's not unwatchable. Not um, it's not that, but it's just very low budget. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, they're like, "Look, we want to open this place up back for kids and stuff. You stay in here, clean it up, and uh, you know we'll call it clean. We'll fix your car. Good to go." So he stays the night, and they like. Um, one by one, these animatronics start coming to life, trying to kill him, and he beats the shit out of them. But he paces himself, so like ever so often, he'll his alarm on his watch will go off, and it'll be like fifteen minute break. So like there's like a scene in there where like one person's about to get killed by one of the animatronics because they get in there, and he goes to save them, 
But then the watch goes off, and he's like, and he goes, takes his 15 minute break, and the person's like, what? He's like trying to fight off the animals. Oh my God. <laughs> and Nick Cage is in there like playing ping pong. He's got a ping pong thing, and he's crushing these, like, I guess they're like energy drinks. There's just a fist on the drink, and that's all that you really see on it. There's some words, but it's hard to really read what it is. And he just, every break, he drinks one, and he plays ping pong. And then when it's done, he'll then go back and then do whatever it was that he was doing. <laughs> Whether it's killing the machines or scrubbing a toilet. Wow. Like, <laughs> and not one word. Facial expressions and all that, but now it's a completely silent, no scream, crazy screaming, Know anything from Nicolas Cage. Just, just Cage. <laughs> the most caged Cage that Cage has been. <laughs> so that was interesting. That's wild, man. It's, 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 it's like, I wonder what goes through his mind when he like accepts these roles. It's You know what it is? I, I wonder if he's really just trying different. Like it's, it, it is a different role for him. He's always been very like emotive in his yeah. speaking roles and he always has roles where he talks and either he's like a really crazy person or a really subdued person like it's he's done different shit this is the first one I've ever seen where he's just not saying anything he's doing everything by facial expressions and stuff and I think it's fun mm. like I think it's I think it's it's fun watching him even with this the idea in itself is silly as fuck and the people acting around him are terrible not really good. There's no really no named actors and actresses yeah. and stuff in there. Like some of them do okay. Um, they're, they're okay. I think the sheriff is an an older lady, and I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen her in some other stuff. I can't really pinpoint anything else that any of the other people in the movie have mm-hmm. been in. So, uh, you know, of course, other than Nicolas Cage. So and I wonder if Nicolas Cage is basically doing the thing that like um, Danny Trejo does now. Yeah. Because Danny Trejo says it too. Like, if you're like in college and and you're just trying to get a movie off the ground and you're serious about it and stuff, yeah, you could shoot it to you. I might just join. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Even if it don't pay me nothing, like you know, I do it for the shit of it. Just because you're you're trying to build something, you know. Right. And so that's why you'll see Danny Trejo in some crazy movies. You know, like shit. It's like. He's in this? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he's fuck it, you know? And I kind of like that. And I don't know if Nick Cage is exactly there. I'm assuming so. He's just taking whatever. And I don't know. Like, originally, I think the thing with Nick Cage was always like, because he needs the money. Right. Because he did have money trouble. It was known, you know? And so it was just project after project. So but you got to sell that Superman number one. Yep. <laughs> yep. But I think now... I think now it's more of just he's having fun. I, I really think that he might just be having fun with some of this stuff. Now, because I've heard, too, that one of a really good movie he's done recently is Mandy. Mandy? And I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I haven't seen, I, I've heard that one. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, I think Ian, who's been a guest on the podcast before, shout out to Ian. Um, he said that that's one of his, like, and I think the people who did that movie are the ones who did um, the movie we covered with him. Um Oh the, movie, oh, the movie with uh, Deathstroke. Yeah, the actor who played Deathstroke. Joe, Mon- yeah. Joe Manganiello, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of the name of it right now. It's escaping me. It's the superhero thing. Mm-hmm. It's the... Um, fuck, what's the name of that shit? 
I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Sorry, but I think I think it's the. I know he he loves that movie. Yeah, it's it's the. It is something about. Um, like I, I remember what it's about. I, I keep wanting to say something like Unbreakable, but that's the that's the um, Bruce Willis movie. Right. But it's something along those lines of being something un something or like. I don't remember. Whatever. It's it's out there somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, look it up. Now I got to look it up. Yeah, but um, the company who did that movie did this Mandy movie, I believe. In fact, I think Mandy was the first movie they did, and then they did the other movie. Um, so I don't know. I this one I have to check out, but I, I had I had fun with the uh, it's it's on Hulu right now, Willy's Wonderland. And uh, if you ain't got nothing to do, and and you like Nick Cage stuff, especially like so bad it's good type movies or something in that film like cult classic stuff it definitely falls in that category and i think it's a pretty fun watch i i enjoyed it i had, I had fun with it and it was funny too because um you know we was with tina's side of the family her aunt and a cousin they were all watching and the cousin was just like it's the craziest movie i ever saw i can't <laughs> believe what it is this it's like <laughs> animatronics coming yeah. to life it, it is crazy but it's uh did you find out? Nah, the phone isn't uh my dad isn't working. God damn it. Let's see if I can pull it up. All right, let's see. Joe Manganello, right? Why can I not think of the fucking movie? Yeah, this is gonna cause me problems. I kinda wanna think of it, but fuck, I was completely off. Arch enemy. Mm. <laughs> arch enemy I think it's like unsomething it's arch enemy god damn it alright anyway uh, but arch enemy wasn't a bad it was an interesting thing yeah, again well, it's not like one of those like st- like best movies I ever saw or anything but it's like a fun different look at the superhero genre in a sense so um, that arch enemy is another one that if you catch somewhere on a streaming service it's, it's worth a watch if you're just looking for something um I will speak on these because I don't know when. I don't know when I'll do a gaming episode. Like Kev, Kev's okay, and I hear he's out in like Lake Charles, but where he lives at got devastated. I don't know how bad his shit is. Mm-hmm. So I hope things are good for him. Uh, I haven't heard much word back from him other than the one time I, I kind of thought I messaged him once or two more times before he hasn't hit me back. But he did at least message me back like, hey, I'm, I'm good, blah, 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 I'm out here and all this stuff. So that's good. Um, so I don't know when I'm going to do a gaming shit. So I'm not going to do too much gaming stuff, especially because it's not exactly what y'all are into. But you might enjoy these little game things I've been into as far as story-wise goes. So okay. I know you've heard of Ghost of Tsushima, right? Oh yeah, okay. I've looked at some gameplay and Honestly, some of the stories. You know what? Stuff. If you ain't got nothing going on for a while, one thing that we might do, because I think you might like it, we might do a let's play with that. Me and you can get on the camera. We can hook this up to the PlayStation so we both have mics, and we can do a little playthrough of that. And that might actually be kind of fun to do. So we'll we'll see about setting up something okay. with that. That that could be cool. And yeah, uh, restoke my uh. Gamer fire, yeah. We'll I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't been a gamer for years. It's um, it's when the Mongolians were invading some um part of Japan and Tsushima, um, 
and they the, the Mongolians really strategize and take down these like samurai, right? And so um, it's only like two of them left, and uh, two of these guys left because it opens up you're fighting in this war, and everybody's getting killed. But you and uh, I guess like he's like the leader of the uh, clan or whatnot of um, where y'all at, and um, he gets captured and they think they kill you, but you get nursed back to life by this lady and this lady, uh, she is like a ninja of sorts, right? Like she she's more stealthy and all this stuff. And um, your main character, he kind of is like, yo, like I don't really. There's no honor in this. Because, like, he even has a memory of some thief coming up and trying to kill, like, his master, whoever he was learning from. And and he was like, you know, you should put him down. Oh, well, you should do this. And he's like, no. Thieves and stuff will take the easy way of trying to knife you in the back or do this stuff. We fight with honor. And no. So, like, in the game... They, it seems like with a lot of it, they, they do give you like a certain portion of the game where you have to stealthily start taking out people because the game puts you in a conundrum of like the character you're playing as is filled with honor. He's a samurai. When he goes to fight, like he'll like run into a whole like group of people and he'll be like, let's fight. Like, like let's go. Like he announces like I'm here. Yeah. And she's like, you can get yourself killed right. that way. You need to take people out, stab them in the back, all this kind of stuff like that. And he's like, well, that's dishonorable. It's like, well, do you just want your friends to die? Do you just want to die? Do you not care about this land at all? Like, if you're going to accomplish this, you might have to get out of your comfort zone with this yeah. shit, right? So then he's like, okay. Like, he's like starting to, and then the game kind of gives you choices, where like you could come across this area and you can sneak around and stealth kill them. Or what's kind of cool is you can walk in and you, you'll like have a showdown and you'll call out like one of the members there. And then you'll have to like hold triangle and release it right at the right moment. And like, it'll be just a one-on-one and whoever slashes first gets the kill. Mm, cool. So either you die or they die, you know, something like that. So then you, and you and you kill him, and then all of a sudden you have to fight the crew around him and stuff. And then like the the, the combat system set up to where you can just go take on multiple people at a time. It's built to be able to do that. You can dodge right, attack right, and stuff like that. Or you can stealth kill everybody and sneak through it. And like, I think it does something to how people perceive you as a character. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. And the story itself is you're trying to save him from, you know, being captured by the Mongolians and stuff like that. And so, and I believe the developers really did some work on trying to be accurate to history. So, a lot of this stuff is very accurate. And it's a very beautiful game. Very well done. Yeah, I can, uh, I've seen how, how beautiful it looks. Yeah, for sure. It's great. So... It definitely something that I think is in your interest. So we might even see about doing something like yeah, that. I mean, especially if we've got you know a little more time on the hands of whatever we're doing. Um, I used to uh, play a little bit of Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, I set you back up. in my day. Yeah, man, we we'll get you set up on a file, and uh, we'll let you run through it, and uh, I'll kind of come behind you with it and whatnot, and we'll do it that way. We'll figure something out. Um, and then I've been playing this game called Hades. 
which I've been finding interesting as well. You play as the son of Hades. Oh, cool. And so what happens is you're trying to escape out of basically hell. Uh, and uh, But Hades is like, you never get out of here. I've got all this stuff. And and the Olympians are kind of like, yeah, man, why don't you come with us? And like, as you play, you're under the, uh, the assumption that Hades is your dad. And this lady, uh, I think her name's Nyx, N-Y-X, something like that. I'm not exactly sure she is a Greek mythology. Um, I might even have the name wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's that. This is your mom. And you come to find out that, oh, no, that's not my mom. I had like a human mom or something like that. As these stories usually go. Yep. And so like what happens is it's called a, a roguelike. So I don't know if you exactly know what that term means. But basically you play, you're supposed to play and beat the game in one sitting. But every time you die, you go all the way back to the beginning again. But every time you die and go back to the beginning, you can earn and get stuff so that you can level up your character more and more so that it's easier to get through those first levels to the end. So it's it's not like a ter- like if you play it from beginning to end, it might only be like hour, two hour gameplay, right? Like it's not terribly long, but yeah. where the game gets its depth is the constant replay because the game is fairly difficult. So you'll die and have to restart. But you can like buff up your character the more and more so that you can make it through. In the game, you run into like Zeus, um, shit. Um, What's the uh, Poseidon? um, A a lot of the Greek mythology people, based on the names. A lot of the Olympian gods, a lot of the ones in Hades. And just a lot of like here and there, you get references to stuff. Like you fight this ox, and he's like, "Are you strong or Hercules stronger?" Like, who's strong? He's like, they'll get like comments like that. And um, it's really a really cool little game, and, and it's built. It's what's interesting is they actually built into the idea that you die a lot, mm-hmm. because every time you die, you'll come back and you can talk to some of the characters that are hanging around the main lobby, and they'll tell you different parts of the story and stuff like that. They'll get they'll fill in more story. They'll fill in more about their themselves as characters. Yeah, and you can even do stuff. And they're even like, hey, man, how many times did you die now? Oh, you died by this guy? Oh, it's all right. You know, maybe you'll get through again. But you're basically trying to escape out of Hades is the concept of the game. So you just keep kind of replaying it, replaying it. And the characters around you, you'll even fill out more of their dialogue and stuff like that by doing it. Pretty interesting game. So it has a lot of fun with Greek mythology. And there's a lot of depth to it with this kind of simplistic concept of just running through game. You know, like playing level by level by level and. You know, right. restarting it over as you do. So it's, um, and it's not always the same thing. Like every time you restart, you're not doing the same, like the rooms change up. Now you'll run into the same rooms over time, but like they'll change up with um, the order they're in. And a lot of times you'll run into where you can choose one room or there's two rooms or three rooms here. And then you, you kind of have different progressions and you don't always fight the same boss. Sometimes you'll fight a different boss or you'll find a new mini boss. So like there are changes to it to keep the gameplay kind of fresh. And I thought those two were something of note that you might find kind of interesting, especially on a story aspect that I thought I'd bring up. uh, Kind of reminds me, not exactly, but I did that uh, show on Netflix, that Blood of Zeus. Mm. Have you done that one? I don't think I've done that one. It's animated. Really well done. Uh, about one of uh, Zeus's bastards. 
another one of the another demigod. Yeah. And it's like basically Zeus and Hera go to war mm. to protect. Well, Zeus wants to protect his bastard, and Hera has had enough. Mm. So it's like she has this line, another one of his bastards. Mm. Like like after Jason and uh, Hercules and what's the other one? Perseus and mm. all like she's she's had it. So she like wages war on humanity, and this last bastard mm. has to take up arms and rise, uh, build up humanity to fight the gods. Cause like the gods take sides, like between Zeus and Hera, and a lot of them are tired of Zeus's shit. <laughs> like they really play into the fact that Zeus is a piece of shit in this. Like he has, like he cares about his son, and he cared about his son's mother. Seems like this is the that one human that he actually cared about, mm. uh, because in in certain ways he actually raises his son. Like he takes the form of an old man in the village, and he gives him fatherly advice, and he's there for the family. But they don't know. Well, he doesn't know that that's Zeus. She knew it was Zeus, mm. but he didn't know. So like he actually cares, but there's also he's not the Disney Zeus. Like he's a real piece of shit. Like especially when you find out like how he disguised himself as her uh, husband and had countless sex with her. <laughs> real piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. Like like Zeus was like he took an animal form. He was like an eagle, and he saw it bathing in the water. And you saw this eagle. Look. <laughs> shit was hilarious. Like, God damn, I got to have that. <laughs> then he flew off. And then he came back and he transformed into a husband and came into the bedroom. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> the piece of yeah, shit. big time. So it's like most of the guys, like his brothers and sisters, they uh they took sides against him. Like, look, because he wanted... Because he knew Harold was doing shit, like stuff to compromise his son and, and the woman he loved and all of that stuff. And she was doing so... Zeus is like, look what she's doing. And they're like, well, the rule is, the rule you made is we can't interfere in, like, human wars. Mm. It's like, but Hera, like, <laughs> like, has a tie, Zeus. Like, if you take up arms, like, we have to take up arms against you. So it's kind of like, mm. and a couple of his other bastards, like, I think Apollo and Hermes, mm. they're his bastards, too. Like, so those aren't Hera's children, there is children with some other mystical beings, not humans, but mm. I think Apollo and Hermes had parents. Like one was like a centaur, mm. whatever, whatever high that shit goes. <laughs> Real fucked up shit. Yeah. But uh, so they, they sided with Zeus because they were like his first bastards. Mm. But like, uh, what's the one? Uh, not Hades. The God of War. Uh, Ares. Ares, Ares, and Ares and Athena and mm. Poseidon. They all sided with Hera, so it's like yeah. the eyes are really stacked up against Zeus and his son and all of that stuff. And it's a very, very good story, and it's supposed to be getting a second season. But Blood of Zeus, when you Blood get a chance, you said it's animated. Yeah, okay. check it out. Yeah, good animation, good fight choreography in it. Mm. Um. Almost reminds me of not not Seth Manos, but it it definitely has that Netflix kind of animation yeah, vibe okay. to it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, well done. They they do really well with their animation. Mm. The stories don't aren't always great all the time. Like yeah. you you have your problems with Baki. <laughs> Baki. <laughs> and I I still maintain that you have to ease your way into Baki. Like Baki gets weirder and weirder and crazier. Well, when he's just a like thirteen year old kid yeah. street fighting, it's it's very grounded mm. to a certain extent. Like a thirteen year old should not be that strong. Yeah, but. As the story gets weirder and weirder, you almost get used to it because you've been watching it from the beginning. So when I'm watching by Netflix Baki, I've all, I have two seasons of Baki to inform it. Yeah. If yeah. you drop right into the Netflix show, like yeah. what the fuck am I watching? Yep. That's kind of what it is. But see, I was on board for it though. I was good. My brother too. We were like, this shit is bonkers as fuck. The story is terrible, but <laughs> it is a fun watch. We was in on it. Like for real, so like, and it's it's, it's still ongoing as a comic. And uh, are they giving that a season three? I believe, yeah, it's uh called uh Baki, son of ogre, son of the ogre. I mean, this is the one where he actually fights his dad. It stopped at the the Chinese tournament, right? No, he fought Muhammad Ali Jr. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's it's, that's it, really it's, good it's nobody's favorite art. Yeah, Cause, I can't imagine. Like you didn't shit on Muhammad Ali, but you kind of did, because <laughs> you made his son a pussy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the way that story ends, like he's crying and snotting all over the place. Yeah, because he got his ass whooped. And he's like trying to take Baki's girl. Yeah, he's trying to take his girl. Yeah, yeah. And Baki basically like, like I don't own her. Like, yeah, take I remember her. Like, that. Take her, take yeah, her. it's like yeah, they make him like a little bitch. Yeah, yeah they do. But uh, yeah, it they actually started they started advertising for I saw the trailer for season three. Mm. Uh, this is the one like I don't know if they'll do it. Uh, but like I said, at the end, when he fought Ali Jr., his dad challenged him. He said like you're strong enough to fight me. Mm. So like they're basically one upping each other. So like they're kind of challenging each other in certain ways. So Baki decides he wants to fight Oliver. Uh, the big black yeah, yeah, yeah. bodybuilder. So you know, Unchained, he lives in the he lives in the prison. Mm-hmm. He's the king of the prison. So he decides to get himself put in that prison. So he kidnaps George Bush, who was president at the time, and that's how he gets sent to maximum security. I don't know if they'll actually have him kidnap George Bush in this version of the story. Could be Trump. <laughs> Could be Trump. <laughs> but like they've gone through. Like, and of course, and the thing is, like, Baki is still, like, 18 years old, but they've had, like, three different presidents. Yeah. Over the course of, when they started introducing presidents, I think George Bush was the actual first standing president mm. they introduced in the actual story. Maybe Clinton. Mm. They might have did Clinton, but I know for a fact George Bush, then they did Obama. Uh, they would they're a little bit more respectful of Obama, but not really. Because they all kiss you Zero's ass. Because yeah, yeah. that in season in season two of Baki, the one the disc I gave you, yeah, they yeah. tell a story of when Yujiro was sixteen years old and he was fighting through the Vietnam War. And uh when he was learning how to become who he was becoming and he was literally doing guerrilla warfare on the Vietnamese army and the American army. Basically anybody could get it. So he was trying to become stronger, so he was basically fighting both sides. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, the American like, look, he's killing us out here. <laughs> There's nothing we can do. He's he's 
he's doing guerrilla warfare. This motherfucker is hiding underground. He's eating raw meat and shit. And he's popping up. He's killing us. And he's going back underground. <laughs> like, we there's nothing we can do. So, uh, basically, the end of that story, the end of Yujiro's backstory is the whole United States government bowed to Yujiro. <laughs> That the white and then you know the uh, the narration that they always play to make stuff. In that day, the entire United States government <laughs> bowed to the king. <laughs> this is a story you won't hear in history books. <laughs> so basically, Yujiro has had the United States government in his back pocket since he was sixteen years old. He does kind of talk about that in in the new Baki season when he's talking about his backstory with uh, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. I think there's a moment somewhere in that season where he also mentions about the, the United States government or something, but I could be wrong. I don't remember. It might have came up. I'm, I'm trying to remember, but uh, I do know that. I think he was talking about his history of fighting the strongest people, and I think he mentions about fighting the government, but yeah. still having the respect of uh, Muhammad Ali as a fighter. Yeah. And um, when he's talking to Baki, I guess, when they're talking about uh, Muhammad Ali's son that they're fighting with or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he does mention it, but I don't think he goes deep into it. No. No. So that's pretty great. I, I do need to watch it. You gave me, I got the box set right here. I started actually watching it. A while back, I watched a few episodes of it, and I just never got around to getting yeah. into it. Like I said, I've watched those first two seasons probably like five times. Yeah. All the way through. So, mm-hmm. like, I've seen it several times. Like I said, it's like the Netflix stuff, but it's not as good now as it used to be. Like, those first two seasons, in my opinion, are quality anime. Mm-hmm. The new stuff, the new Baki shit is weird. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's weird, but... The fights are good, so I mean, I read it for the artwork is primarily because the artwork is, is good. Is it faithful to the manga? Yeah, very. The Netflix stuff. Yeah. Okay. But like I said, the, the manga gets weird, and it's it's not as good as it used to be. But like the artwork is better because you know these 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 yeah, artists art, they the artwork was great in the Netflix show. Yeah. yeah, they get better with their art. Does the story translate? Does the story continue to be good? That's the thing. But mm. they always get better with their artwork. So the fights are very well drawn yeah. and is is visually very well done. Mm-hmm. So you read it for that and plus you're you're down the rabbit hole with the story anyway, so you kinda wanna see how it yeah. ends. Yeah. And the story just won't end. Yeah. <laughs> like like now he's fighting, like they're resurrecting old ancient legendary fighters for Baki to fight now because <laughs> he doesn't have anybody to fight. So they re-erected Makes sense. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Miyamoto Musashi. That name actually does sound familiar to he, me. Yeah, um, he wrote the book Bushido, uh, uh, okay. the book of Five Rings, like ancient legendary samurai who basically came up with the philosophy, like almost like a Sun Tzu, art of war at type. What, of. At what point does it just become disrespectful to real life? Oh, very, very much so. <laughs> I don't think he cares. No, I'm just talking about as like the writers and stuff. Like, at what point do you just like? I created a character that's better than every real life living person ever. And this is how he beats them all. And it's always some weird, un, like nonsensical, un, like th- the greatest thing is the narrators discussing the quote unquote science behind the techniques that they're doing. Yeah. And it's so bonkers and fucking ridiculous. Yeah. 
that like I feel like it's a joke. But then as this series is constantly going through history and being like, we shit on America and we shit on the Japanese. Like we shit on all these great martial artists. We shit on Muhammad Ali. Kind of. <laughs> well, we actually said he was a credit to his race. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> We're not going that far. <laughs> but we'll fuck over his side. <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing is, the thing with Bobby, like being a martial artist and like they go hard on ancient technique yeah. and more modern technique, like your mixed martial arts, your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, your Muay Thai. Like get, it gets shut on hard. Yeah. Like, like, like modern techniques have lost something along the way. Like the purity of the martial art is gone. So mm. the, in, the intricate side of the martial art like is missing. So, They'll like, they'll go so far as to say, oh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, that's like, uh, like it's watered down. Like the ancient style mm. has all of these other techniques and nuance that you miss. So we're about to fuck you up type of thing. <laughs> like they, they just, they just went through like the current arc and Baki is going through the, the, the power of the sumo wrestler and how pure and powerful the ancient sumo is and like anybody that trains sumo uh is is better than say like whatever modern martial art. basically they're putting the top yokozunas in japan basically, basically a japanese modern martial artist basically anything the, japanese yeah is better superior than everything else the modern martial yeah, arts yeah. so all the branch offs because what what's what has happened it's Becoming almost racist. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very nationalistic. What yeah, what yeah. was because what's happened in in martial arts is they popularized the martial arts. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you look at Sonny Chiba, Bruce Lee, et cetera, et cetera, like they they brought it here. The first Americans that brought martial arts here, they learned from Asian martial, Asian masters in the yeah. in the war. Yeah. My dad got his black belt, and you know. In Vietnam, when he was fighting the Vietnam War, that's how he got his black belt in Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. And they brought this stuff back in, and they started teaching. That's how the martial arts, you know, developed in America and around the world. Like, yeah, a yeah. lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu started in Japan. It was J- Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, and then it became Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. What happens, though, is just the the biological advantage mm-hmm. of being, being black. Caucasian. Mm-hmm. I mean, Asian people are typically smaller in stature, yeah. less muscle density. Yep. They're less athletic mm-hmm. just biologically. Mm-hmm. So when you have these uh, modern exercise techniques and you have people that are naturally bigger build, the Asian fighters aren't the strongest fighters in the world anymore. Yeah, It's, you know, black guys, white guys, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. They're they're typically they're your best fighters in the world. Crazy motherfuckers from Russia. Crazy motherfuckers from Russia like Kabi. <laughs> uh wrestle bears when they're five years old. Yep, yep, yep. Actually happened, by the way. I, I saw a video. I've, I've heard about it's that. Insane. Yeah. Bear had great takedown defense. <laughs> so we 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 I'm serious, like the bear knew how to sprawl. It's just instinctual. Like yes, the bear, indeed. like so he's just if you're if you're trying to wrestle bear, if you can take a bear down, you can take a human down, no problem. I'm pretty <laughs> So when, when you're when you're dealing with people it's that real are, life Zangief. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're dealing with people that are naturally bigger and stronger, and they have the same, and they know all the stuff you know now because it's not a secret anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all it's been brought here. Then you know they're dominating the martial arts. So I understand the need to be very nationalistic about mm-hmm. you know and be be proud about the stuff you created or the stuff you developed, mm-hmm. and saying, oh, we're still the best at this. Even though that's you know, not realistically yeah. what's going on in the fight leagues and the circuits mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I understand where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just have to understand the history. But see, of, there's you know, one point of it being nationalistic or like having pride in that. It's another when you start writing your art to be like, okay, in every respected dead person, living person who has done something monumental in their martial arts, let's bring them here so we can fuck them up and tell them how we're better. That becomes almost racist. I I would say like you're straddling the line from nationalism to like fuck all other cultures and everything they've done. Yeah. I mean, and let's not, I mean, we don't even have to get into how, but it's still a fun story. Yeah. Like I'm not even trying to just like put it down. I'm just saying like, it's, (laughs) it's kind of, and we don't even have to get into like how, Badly stereotype black people in Japanese anime and Japanese culture in general. Yeah. Like if you've uh, if you've watched any Dragon Ball Z, look up Mr. Popo. Yeah. Just think about the name Mr. Popo. <laughs> think about what you might think Mr. Popo looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna just leave it there. That's funny. He's the only black person in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and any other black person that may have shown up here and there looks about the same. <laughs> Just lighter in complexion, maybe. But Mr. Popo is about as is as dark as that chair that you're sitting in right there. It's a very black chair I'm sitting in. And, and when America America did the new uh, abridged version of the story, yeah, because uh, they they remastered it and did redid the voice acting, cleaned it up. Mr. Popo became purple <laughs> or blue, I forget, but didn't really make it any better. Didn't they do that to a Pokemon? I'm not Where, sure. I want to say there was a Pokemon that was black or something like that. That kind of looked like a... I could be wrong. I, I know there was something with this. I want to say it almost looked like a black lady. But I'm not sure. And they changed the color of it. Mm. When I think in America or something like that, they changed the color of it or something like that. I want to say it was a similar thing with a Pokemon. I could be completely wrong about that, but something, something striking a memory with that, that Pokemon did that. They changed the color of something for some kind of racial issue. But I don't like, like, remember. Japan is, uh, is a little ridiculous with that stuff. They've gotten better. Like when they, when they draw black characters, all they do is they, they take their Asian characters and they just palace wipe the color. Mm. And give them dreads or whatever, maybe a high top fade. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, works. but at the very least, they don't do the whole. Well, do you want to see the black character with lips. like golden blonde like locks or something like, <laughs> like long Sephiroth hair? No, I'm just saying like they they're doing better. At least it's not. I the, actually would like to see the black character with long Sephiroth hair, just like the long silver hair black dude. <laughs> and then like uh. I'll go for There's it. this uh, anime I used to watch called uh, Tenjo Tenge, and uh, there was uh, a black martial artist in it who was friends with the main character, mm. and he was just the most sex crazed person in the whole thing. He was fucking everybody at the school. Mm. He had a girlfriend, but 
So Jerome. <laughs> his name was Bob Mockyhauer, and I remember. And there's there's a scene in in the intro, and he's doing a break dance. He's break dancing. <laughs> like, Look at this shit here. Uh, but you know, and and I like black black people, like blurs in particular. We love anime, like. Yeah. We 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 love shout out to Blurs R Us yeah. from the UK, friends of this podcast, and they cover a lot of anime. Yeah. Just uh, trust. Into like, what they know, they know we love them more than they love us. Cause <laughs> they they do us dirty. Yeah. It, it's better now, but the stereotypes and how they drew us and it, it was just ridiculous. But uh yeah. there at this point. Well, speaking of animation, why don't we? I don't know when we're going to get back all together to do this. So, when it's all released, we will. I have watched up to the. I didn't watch the Doctor Strange What If, but I have what seen if Doctor the ones, Strange Lost His Heart. I didn't watch that one either, but. Yeah, I've watched the ones before that. Yeah. So, I've watched where the all the Avengers get wiped out. Okay. And I've Ooh, watched. What did you think of that one? Yeah, that one was. Um, that one was pretty good. I I enjoy I enjoyed that one is is an interesting like little I'm trying to remember all the pieces to it I do I do remember how like I think the interesting thing about that one is they did not show like they did with the other two they did not show the inciting incident they dropped you right in the middle of the mystery because they if they had showed you well are we spoiling yeah well so we'll go ahead and spoil all the what ifs up but we didn't do the Doctor Strange. So we did the ones before it. So spoiler warning for that. Um, you know, I never really thought of Hank Pym, of the Ant-Man, basically being almost the most powerful Avenger. And you saw how sense. easily he took out the Hulk? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That, that, that All that was kind of like, I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Like Ant-Man could literally but it, fuck everybody up if he wanted to. Because Hank is more intelligent than Scott. That's yes, the thing. Like it's true. Hank with that technology is a more powerful threat than yeah. Scott would ever because Scott wouldn't even think yeah. to, to do because he created the technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott doesn't really understand the limits or the boundaries which he can push or like what he can and can't do to be able to do that. You know, and the uh, thing is that I think it, it played into like that dark side of Hank. You know what it was? It was almost like watching Batman with the with the Ant Man suit, mm. because like that's some Batman shit. Where like Batman has something and he takes down the whole Justice League. Like he has a plan on how to do that and and does that. Yeah. So, um, it, I would say like that's more comic book <laughs> Batman. Yeah, because I would say Scott Lang is actually more like a Christian Bale Batman. Like he yeah. was given the technology, and he oh uh, well, uh, I think like Scott Lang is more of a Christian Bale like Batman, where mm-hmm. he's given the technology. Like he's not the brains behind it; it's Lucius Fox. Yeah, and he ba- he's a he's a good soldier. Like he can utilize it to the, its fullest potential, mm-hmm. or for the most part. But he's not the brains behind that whole operation. Like. That the Nolan Batman, it was a, it was very much a group effort, in my opinion. Yeah, like between I would, I would between Alfred and Lucius and Gordon. I would say the comics though, Batman doesn't necessarily come up with even in comics like all of his gadgetry. Like he's not building it from scratch with everything, but he definitely seems more so involved with it than what it was in the Christian Bale. 
Batman version. But I, I think the difference, I think Batman, like he's not a, uh, and the cool, the, the cool difference between say a Batman and a Tony Stark, even to that degree, like Batman can come up with some of his stuff, but he's more of a chemist. Yeah. Like he's more like into the chemical side of things. Like Tony's like an engineer. I think a lot of the, the Marvel people are engine, more engineer esque. If you look at it, like all of the, so. all of the like super smart people, they build stuff. I would say that, that that's true. I'm trying to fix my mic here for a bit. There we go. But yeah, you were talking uh, about Hank Pym being like a. I would a say that's true, but like but they kind of gave him that because he takes down the whole Avengers one by one, and it almost reminded me of like the, the Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel, yeah. Yeah, where like, or like the movie, the animated movie, Doom. the Doom. Yeah. Where you see Savage, Vandal Savage, take down each Justice League member like one by one by a particular like mythology, but. How they did it was like a, a mystery of who who did it. Yeah. And it really did catch me by surprise that it was Hank Pym's that man. It's but all about hope. Yeah. It, it makes it, it makes sense. Like it, it's interesting. It's an interesting reach for that. Mm. That 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 was like a fun little what if story for sure. And my thing is like out because I'm trying to rely, and it made me want to go back and watch Ant Man One now because But my, it also gives more like, credence of like can Ant Man go up Thanos's ass? And expand and kill him, yes. and well, that would be it. That would <laughs> be over. Would say yes. Anyway, I guess because be I mean, yes. if if you're looking at no gauntlet or gauntlet, look what he did to the Hulk. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think they kind of like justified that theory, or like really <laughs> said, yeah, it's possible. It's, po- <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. No, it was. Um... And like I, said, I was trying to think about Ant Man One. What did did Hope know that? Hank and Janet worked for Shield in Ant Man One. I want to say she did. Because my whole thing is like, what stopped her from joining Shield to begin with? Even yeah. in that, yeah. Because yeah. it seems like the inside answer that was Janet. Well, Hope joined Shield. She died yeah. on mission. Yeah. And and somebody said the Easter egg on that was that's the mission. Uh, Black Widow was on when she got shot through the arm by Winter Soldier. When she talked about that, oh. when when he missing Odessa, yeah, 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 that was the mission. Scarlet, well, Black Widow was on, and she got shot, and so Bucky killed Hope. Oh no, shit! Okay, yeah, okay, interesting. Hmm. But my my whole thing, like, what stopped her from joining the shield? But in that one, though, again, it, I think it was the point that you were making too, because I think when we talked. How could all these what us be connected in the same universe? But in in the second one with the child becoming Star Lord, um, ah shit, they um, the collector had all the Avengers stuff in it, right? Like they were all dead. Yeah. Like but that. but he had Cap Shield. But in this one, Cap didn't wake up yet. Right. So like one of the last things that happens is that um, uh, Fury he goes to wake up Cap. Yeah. But like after everything's kind of been done. Right. So most of the Avengers are dead. So it's a different like that would be an interesting universe to see like more maybe in like comic book form or something like, yeah. oh, what happens after with all these Avengers? Because there's still a lot of heroes yeah. left around in the universe. I think we're going to get we're going to go back to that world. Yeah. I think a couple of the worlds because I think. uh. Star Lord T'Challa's coming back for one more. Yeah, I heard that. 
I know uh, Chadwick also did an episode as Black Panther too. So yeah, I think he did four episodes. Mm. So uh, I don't know, like the the team we're gonna see going against Loki. Loki, Loki's fucked. Yeah. Like, first of all, Carol can probably just go in there, whether you like her or not. Yeah. And just run through that hole. She's basically the Superman conundrum that DC has. Yeah. That's kind of what they made her in this Marvel thing. Like yeah. she could literally go toe to toe with. Thanos, and it seems like maybe even with the gauntlet, mm-hmm. not not sure because I don't think, but he I think he was using some a stone or something. But yeah, she he is a, a stone. he had a stone or two, but yeah, she's yeah. basically the space stone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know how she's the space stone, but like super powerful, like almost like the power stone. Like I don't know what exactly the space stone entails as power. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just the pure raw energy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Combined with Kree blood. She's basically broken. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's broken. Yeah. And so. People were talking like... Uh, so I don't like understand you... a movie with more Marvels. I, I think she's, she could do enough on her own. My thing is like, <laughs> who's the villain in that? Because cause we're getting Kamala Khan, Carol, and Monica Rambeau. Yeah. So I'm interested to see. And I, I believe the director for Candyman is doing it. Uh, Nia DaCosta and Candyman is getting rave reviews. Yeah, and I, I meant to go see Candyman before all this craziness happened. Speaking of and that, Shang Chi is getting some pretty big reviews yeah. and big, big. Stuff. I was I was higher on that than I think everybody else at the table. Yeah, and I said I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it did better than the projections, yeah. Yeah. and it's doing a little bit better. Than the project. I think well, it's good. eighty million over the Labor Day weekend, something like that. I Close think it's a hundred million worldwide. Really? I worldwide? Think. I think worldwide. I think they said domestic it did like sixty five, seventy, maybe. Really? I think um, it eclipsed I think it hit about a hundred million so far. well I remember seeing an article. I thought I saw the hundred million mark for worldwide. But I, mean, I think opening it. weekend it was just short of Black Widow. What Black Widow did? Yeah. And then, but she also had, a, but that's including numbers with Disney Plus, though. Yeah, I think it's like a hundred million. Okay, so like, that they're including the Disney Plus. I want to say it was like eighty something million the first week, and that's including Disney Plus okay. money. I think in theaters it only did like shit. I don't even remember. I think it was in the forties, maybe. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see what second weekend does because then, you know, Scarlett Johansson really has a. Yeah, like to stand on with. Yeah, if it's know, a dramatic drop. Yeah, yeah, if there's no dramatic drop in it, kind of. You do have one state to completely out of it. Well, portion of a state, yeah. not a whole state. Well, I mean, the major part of the metropolitan area. I mean, yeah. which is, uh, I mean, Baton Rouge didn't really get hit that bad. No, but you got from basically areas. like Homa to New Orleans. Yeah. It's all like kind of fucked. But I was thinking New Orleans, Baton Rouge, but yeah, Homa is a pretty big spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, that's not gonna, it's kind of a small potato in the grand scheme of America, right. you know? So, uh, cause I know like for me and you, I don't know when I, I don't, I'm probably, I'm just watching on Disney plus. I was, I was going to go to the theaters for, it, but with the situation we're now, like I either, I got to drive, you know, way out somewhere just to hit it. I mean, which, I would, I would imagine though, like the AMC, they probably have it. They probably have yeah, it. Yeah. I wonder if they'll give a later showing, like maybe if it's already, they had to have theater, it because, I mean, they had to have it though, because it was like when it uh the thirty first is when the hurricane hit first thirty first first whatever. It was the same day as Katrina, I think. The yeah. date. Yeah, same day. Yeah, 
Same date. Which I think was like the 28th or 29th or something. I don't think it was the 30s. Well, today is the... Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right, Mm because today is the 5th, so... Sunday the 5th. So it was like the 29th or something like that, I think. So, I mean... So they had to have it in the vault over there, ready ready to run it. So I imagine when power comes back on, like, they'll be ready to run with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I'm hoping that we had, like, Manhattan has power. Because I don't think Harahan has power yet either. Uh, Yeah, parts of Harahan don't. Like, I know where I operate out of for my job, it's in Harahan, and they're still running off generators. Mm. Keeping things afloat that way. Yeah. So, with that being said, yeah, I don't know if the theater would have it yet. Because I know, like, most most businesses, like, the minute they get power, like, because I follow a lot of restaurants, you know, being a person that doesn't eat a whole lot of stuff when I want to eat it. I yeah. save it for, you know, cheap meals, but I follow all these places. For sure. So, they, uh... I think more people do that, that, like, especially people who have lost weight. Like, for me, you look at food a little different, I guess. Yeah. So, like, it's just... I don't know. You, you went through a weight loss thing, too, right? You were bigger or younger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean... Yeah. But you, you have a weird, like... I would say you have a weird appreciation and fascination with food. I have, a, I have, going a, through I have an appreciation for great food, a good yeah. food. Like, I don't eat junk anymore. Like, uh... Like I don't eat a lot of fast food. I, I yeah, think I'm not a the big only, fan. The of only doing fast food either. like that can still get me is canes. Yeah, like canes, Chick Fil A, and a decent canes and, Popeye sandwich. And Chick Fil A is usually my healthy fast food option. Like if I'm true, I, like, I'll do I'll that on non chicken. Days. Or, yeah, grilled chicken. And stuff. Like I'll just go get the nuggets and put it with a veggie. And Tina likes the Cobb salad. Yeah, she's been really enjoying that from there. It's true that that is more of a non cheat thing for me as well as chick-fil-a because they got more non-cheating options right so i mean i don't eat a lot of junk so when i do have when i do want a burger like it's a really good one if i want pizza it's good pizza yeah yeah, yeah. you know stuff like that no bullshit right you ain't trying to go to little caesar's no No five dollar pizza cheat day which domino's on manhattan is open so they don't have to do (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was looking at it, but like I've been, like I said, I've been like going everywhere with my mom, and like she's, like she's been through, like hurricanes since like the '60s and yeah. stuff like that. So she has like a blueprint for how you survive these things, and mm-hmm. one way you survive is don't spend any money. Yeah, like, <laughs> like so I haven't paid for food in like eight days. Yeah, it's like no, nah, yeah, we're gonna get the free works. food. Like, well, she's she's not wrong, but I mean, no, she's if, not. If if I was by myself, I would eat Domino's by now. Yeah, it's like, it's like Domino's show looking good right now. Like it's the only place on Manhattan that's open, and the Waffle yeah. House. We didn't, and do, a couple of Mexican places that have a generator. Yeah, we didn't do any of the free food stuff because I mean, first of all, we was out in Mississippi for most of it, so we didn't stay through it like you did. But when we came back. We stopped at like a Walmart on our way in and bought a bunch of like, I got a bunch of like can, like quick, like Campbell's, like beef, hearty, like soups or like stuff like that. And um, we were sitting on some frozen Rouse's chicken stuff with like cornbread and I think dirty rice or whatever. Mm. And so we had that. I still got a couple salad bags that I need to eat through um, that I'm going to. And uh, that we kept cold enough and whatever. I hope that they're still good. They've transferred through fridges full. 
So I think we've kept it at a decent temp to not yeah. ruin it. Um, cause we kind of left suddenly, like I had bought some food and stuff to, to sit with Mississippi. And, uh, but then when I got word back, I was like, fuck, let me come back. Let me go ahead. You know, I've been hearing some power, been coming back on and we really didn't go, but maybe two days without power yeah. technically. So, um, worked out for us, but I mean, we didn't really have to do that. I mean, I, we, we could have, but I don't know. We just... It's not, it's not really my deal. Like, we would have done it. We've done it before. One of the other hurricanes, we went and got some of the food stamps for it and stuff like that. So, you know, the help is appreciated, and definitely it's the smarter way to do it. Yeah. But also, I mean, if if you got the means and stuff like that, I don't know how limited they are with the supplies of it. So if they haven't been, then good. But I, I would say, you know, if, if, you're, if you can manage moving out, whatever, I think, in fact, the parish told people, leave. You know, they told people to leave, and they told people, like, if you're out, stay out. Yeah, because we don't have the resources for, mm. like, the gas thing, the gas situation is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, they say, if you're coming back, make sure you get gas before you come back in yep. that time, because we yep. don't have gas. Yep. Yep. So. People um, get shot for gas over here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I came back really to try and just, you know, help out, get back working. I know people need that stuff and there wasn't many people coming back i think when i got back and started working it was only like i heard it was only 10 people that were back hmm. for like a big company that putting out food and stuff so right. um now i'm now more and more people are starting to show up i heard more people are supposed to be there tomorrow so we'll see but whatever but um that's good, man. That's how you do it, man. You didn't pay for food for eight days. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, it hasn't been bad. I'll tell you that. Like, uh, yeah. Like she keeping me on my. She keeping me honest. Cause I know for a fact I would have spent some money. Yeah, for sure. Cause you know it's like, it's like the world is ending. So like, why not eat Domino's? Like my diet yeah. is screwed anyway. So yeah, that's. Yeah, I told Tina that too. Like I've been eating some Twizzlers here, that orange slices there, and like. Uh, Right now, I'm not really trying to go too hard with the food, but I'm not also trying to treat them like fucking cheat days. Yeah. That's the other key thing to not do, is not to just like bunch of candy, bunch of whatever, like I do on my cheat day. So, but, um, and things like my thing, the thing is like the stuff I'm eating is not bad stuff. It's just not, I'm not monitoring how much I'm eating so much yeah. or what exactly is in it because I'm not preparing it myself. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's like, I don't know exactly, but. You put food in front of me, I'm gonna eat it. So yeah, for sure. But you know, it's like they try to. Cause I think uh, the the centers uh, we've been going to is like uh, world or the world kitchen or something. I mean, they do decent food. Like yesterday, they had jambalaya. Today it was like, but it's hearty stuff. They put vegetables and yeah, potatoes and mm. protein in it. So, but they put a whole lot of stuff in one one dish, mm. so you can kind of get a solid meal. In. That's what's up. No, that's good. Um, but yeah, we were talking. Uh, so we we, we, ta- we talked about the the first of what if the second one was the T'Challa one, which I think you're still holding. Everybody I think in the podcast is like the favorite. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I actually prefer the third Terrible. one more. Yeah. The the mystery uh who done it thing with that. Um, the second one though is definitely the next best one. Uh, I don't, I didn't even really I still need to go back and f- actually finish the first one. 
with Cat with Steve Rogers and uh, the Switch. Yeah. Because I fell asleep through it, and not because it was like boring or anything like that. It was, well, was, to be fair, you watched that movie before. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, basically First Avenger, but but her in with it. Carter. Yeah, yeah Carter's Carter is dead. So true. <clears throat> Which, I mean, I, I I believe because they, they really haven't utilized Haley Atwell yeah. that all that much. Mm-hmm. You know, she was just, she was put on a pedestal by Steve, but she was only really in one movie. Yeah. She made appearances here and there. She was great in that TV show, Agent Carter. I think Agent Carter was better than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was a really good show for two seasons. I think two I heard other on. people make those same statements about it that have watched and it. And honestly, like, as far as the, the female leads that they've used, I think she was probably one of the strongest. Um, so I think if they bring anybody over for more than just a cameo for an extended period of time, I think Captain Carter would probably be the one yeah. that comes over, especially with her. She's about to probably get a lot of exposure because I think she's the, the main bad guy in the you next two she, Mission Impossible movies. You think she's going to come over as a, like a, a the, in the movie? I think she has a good chance just because. I kind of hope she don't because it almost feel like she would be still like we actually have a a a black man as Captain America, and then we're also going to be like, but a woman too. Like mm-hmm. I, I almost kind of. Feel I kind of feel like like I think Jerome mentioned like maybe in Multiverse of Madness if they utilize it for a segment. If it's then, if it's something that's part of the story that could be interesting, I think if she becomes a mainstay though, I almost feel like that's like. I I almost feel like I have more faith in what Anthony Mackie can do with the character. Let let's see him grow as the character, not have to share the space yeah. with someone else. And, and my thing is like Disney Plus has just kind of opened up a whole new avenue. So yeah, like you can give her a show. Yeah. Or, no, no, she has her own yeah. show in a separate universe. Yeah. I think that's a different story. Yeah. If it if it's some and and like you said too with this multiverse of madness, all these different universes could just bleed into one. And I don't know this. They, they. I'm really curious to see the balancing act they do because it's gonna be, it's gonna confuse people. Yeah, like ultimately, I think you know, they've done the work to get people to accept. I think so too. The confusion, just with all the stuff with Kang, and we're gonna see some multiverse stuff. We're gonna see different versions of characters. We're gonna see male versions of characters, female versions of characters. We're gonna. We're going to, like, when all of this stuff becomes this big event that's leading up to the next Avengers level threat, I think we'll probably end up seeing a lot of these different versions converge mm. and, and fight for all of their universes Yeah. at some point. Yeah. And I don't, honestly, like, I don't even want to see it go back into a sacred timeline type thing. I'll actually want to see the multiverse be kind of left. Because I it, think it, it will. Because then, you know, if you go back to Sacred Timeline, which I think ultimately they're saying is the wrong thing to do. Kind of, yeah. It was, as Thanos said, it was efficient. Yeah. You know, but. Because they, they, Kang does come off as, like, what he's doing is wrong in the Loki show. Yeah, but it's like, I'm the, I'm the lesser of the evils. That's what he's claiming. Yeah. But it's, the I guess it's the concept of a dictator or if it's um, freedom. Yeah, that's always kind of the dichotomy of that. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. I I would agree. If anybody's going to do it right, it's going to be Marvel. But 
And so, like, I don't want to say, like, I think they're going to botch it because they have not botched much of anything. They've they've really stuck the landing on everything that they do. So go for it and be ambitious because they can handle it. But it's going to be interesting to see how confused mainstream audiences might get with all this stuff. So, I mean, Spider-Man definitely is going to, seems like it's going to be the one to push the, the envelope here with introducing, like, the old Spider-Man yeah. stuff. What do you think of the trailer? It's good, man. I could go for some more Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2, uh, Green Goblin from the first one. Um, and apparently, like, if you really scrub that trailer, there's, like, a, there are hints of basically a Sinister Six, a multiversal Sinister Six yeah, that they're doing. Like you saw, I wonder if... You heard the Goblin, and you saw his bomb, the bomb. You saw Doc Ock. There's, like, a sandstorm. Sandman, the electrical stuff from Jamie Foxx's Electro. Then, uh, yeah, you got three of the Sinister Six in there. Yeah. So, and yeah. you got to imagine, um, bring back Vulture. the Vulture. Yeah. yeah. And Scorpion's already set up mm-hmm. in the prison. Yeah. Um, it'd be curious to see because, uh, well, old boy claims that he. But she could be lying. But he he claims that he never he hasn't had any reach out or anything about the Spider Man movie. Which one, uh, uh, Andrew? Yep. Yeah, he's lying. I so? mean, what do you, what do you do at that point? Like, yeah, look, you kind of got I got a lie. Or yeah. I get dropped by Disney. Yep. Yep. So uh, I I think I think you might be right because if they're gonna introduce the villains, I think they got to introduce the Spider Man. So I mean, because I mean, you already told us Electro is in it. Yeah. So. I mean, you're basically telling us. I mean, we don't need Electra if we're not bringing back in Andrew Garfield. Do you think we're getting there? Any of the, so we're getting the Green Goblin. Do you think we get the other Goblin? I think they're picking certain villains from the series. I think they're picking their iconic villains. So I, I think I heard because apparently, the, like the lizard was in that trailer. I was too. just about to say, is yeah. the lizard coming back? So I think they're doing yeah. maybe two from each. I actually like the lizard. I like the first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Yeah, I thought that movie was great. I think it's probably. Before the Holland movies, yeah, I think probably Amazing Spider-Man was probably right behind Spider-Man Two for me. I think so too. Yeah. I, I would agree. I'd agree. I I think it goes Spider-Man Two, uh, with not counting Holland movies. Spider-Man Two, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, yeah, uh, Spider-Man Three, and mm-hmm. and then I ah, know I don't I don't know. I mean, if we're talking live action. I mean, Amazing Spider-Man Two and Spider-Man Three. I'm not sure which which one, one you put. You can see Spider-Man I mean, 3 I, I'd for how bad. I almost put Amazing Spider-Man ahead of that. Spider-Man 3 was so bad for me. It was so silly to me. Yeah, but sometimes, though, Harry I think, was hammed up. But see, parts of that, I think, sometimes make it a better watch. Because Spider-Man 2 just drug out. And it was boring. Where I think you can still laugh at Spider-Man 3. I think you can still go back to it to some level but i don't know it's a weird it's 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 a, it's a weird one but i think you know the one thing you can give amazing spider-man 2 is that it was it was a better acting and yeah. performance like andrew garfield really acted his ass off in that one true with the tragedy of gwen stacy and all I, of that I stuff the heart was in it more like i i was more upset when gwen stacy died than when harry died spider-man instance. amazing spider-man 2 is a better movie i don't know if it's a better watch that's fair enough yeah 
I think that's where I stand on it. So I it's guess almost like if you, Spider-Man if, 3 is yeah. going to be at the bottom. Amazing Spider-Man 2 will be over it just because it's yeah. a better movie. But I can see myself going back to watch Spider-Man 3 before I probably watch Amazing Spider-Man 2 again. Yeah. It was just, it's just such a long stretched out kind of, I say boring, but like I would agree. Like some of the relationship stuff between him and Gwen, I actually good. Like there's good stuff there. There's solid performances there, but it's just it's so bogged down. And with just like shit. just the like the the end was great. It's just the third act was terrible. Yeah, third act was terrible. Yeah, uh, that Harry did not need to become Green Goblin, and that you could have saved that for a third movie. Uh, but the actual resolution to the story, like him going through the phases of grief and the seasons changing and him yeah. putting on a suit and him saying, yeah, yo, Spider-Man with the little kid. And yeah, yeah. Like, I got it. I'm back now. Like, all of that was great. Yeah. Terrible Paul Giamatti Ryan notwithstanding. <laughs> but, like, the ending was great. The first two acts were good. Third act completely. Yeah. I almost ruined the whole film. Yeah. Uh, it may have ruined, really ruined it. Like it ruined it for me because that third act was terrible. It basically ruined the whole, the whole series. Because yeah. like if it, if it was good, then we might have gotten more with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. But like, no, it was bad. So, it is what it is. And I mean, and now we're getting a ham-fisted ass Venom, which now they pushed up the Venom date. They've been pushing it back, pushing it back. Now I just saw they pushed it up to October. Is it October? It's coming in October. Yeah. Seriously, the Venom movie. Oh Jesus! They just they, got they, that. Mu- they must have tested that movie, and it's testing terrible. And they just said, "Eh, <laughs> fuck it, we'll dump it." I gotta imagine that's terrible. Speaking of testing, Batman movie. Oh man, there's rumors about that testing through the roof. Yeah, there's. It's I've a, seen it, people saying like it's, it's a, the it's best. Scary. Film. It's emotional. It's everything you would want, possibly want in a Batman. Movie. I've seen people state like best Batman movie. Like ah. I said, I I thought Matt Reeves would get close. I th- I thought he would, cause really when when you talk about the Dark Knight is the the gold standard of comic book movies. Yeah, but if we're talking like, I don't think Christopher Nolan really captured told the greatest Batman story he could possibly ever tell. Because he didn't tell a Gotham story. Yeah. He didn't get Gotham. He, he was telling crime stories. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I remember walking away, like, damn, this is like if Batman was in real life. Like, this yeah. is about as close you'll get to, a, like, a real-life Batman depiction. But it's not a comic book Batman yeah. depiction. And I think what Matt Reeves is doing is more of a comic book. Yeah. Bat- like, it's like an updated... It's like an updated Tim because Tim Burton got Gotham right. Yeah, but then he went in Batman Returns is probably my as far as rewatch value. It's my favorite Batman movie. It's not the best one I've seen, obviously, but as far as the one I go back to again and again, it's Batman Returns. He went way too far left mm-hmm. on the Tim Burton ism. Yeah, with Gotham. 89 was perfect. Yeah. The blimps, the atmosphere, yeah. the retro vibe. Returns were just gothic to the yeah. nth degree. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite, but it's way too gothic. Yeah. Uh and that and he he lost people. That's why he lost that third movie. Yeah. Is because he went too far that way. He went too far gothic. People. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It got mom groups all upset and it, cuz like the people back then 
really had a hard time understanding comic book stuff as an adult medium. Same thing with video games. Video games got lumped into the same thing. That it's like kid stuff, right? That's what kids do. And then games like Doom come out and Mortal Kombat come out and parents start getting all up in arms. It gets plastered like Congress takes it. And it's like, <laughs> what are we doing with you know Mortal Kombat as an arcade and for kids? This is like for kids. And it's like, well... There's an argument to be made that these things sometimes are marketed to kids and maybe they shouldn't be. Yeah. That's a discussion to have. Yeah. But to say that only kids play this shit and it's all designed for kids, it's not even designed by kids. Like, well, nothing for kids is really designed by kids. But still, like, it's not really, it's not a kid's thing. And now we've come to a point where, like, the median age of gamers is 30s. So, like, with comics and stuff, too, I think it's a similar age group. I think more your twenties and thirty year olds are the bigger comic book purchasers, like the ones who are reading and, and buying and enjoying comics. That's actually one thing. Like I think more kids today are into gaming than they are with comics. Yeah, like I feel like comics is really a middle aged guy's game to old, old older too. I would yeah. say like because there's plenty of people who grew up reading comics who might be in their 50s and, and and later you know 40s 50s and later we're like us in our early 30s and even a little younger in the 20s i think um i think there's still some comic readers there but like i don't know if my kid grows up reading there's comics. a little bit of a crossover but yeah like as they get younger that like the movies and stuff will take over yeah what comic like i i, I don't know if comics will go completely away like that, but I think that they're gonna be just a smaller place for them as we get older. I mean, if you just you just gotta look at comic book sales, yeah, uh, and how they're trending down year to year. Yeah, because so. and yeah, and I don't know if some of that has to do with like things like Comicsology, five ninety nine streaming stuff, but I would say like I don't see many kids like you look like, look look at YouTubers. When you see YouTubers that are like kid YouTubers, they're basically walking commercials. What do they do? Toys, video games. You know what they don't do? Comics. Yeah. They don't pull up the new Batman comic or the new Spider-Man comic or whatever. And they're like, whoa, this story is like this for kids. At least I haven't seen it. I haven't seen my kids grab anything like that. Now, they will show the Spider-Man toy. They will do the Spider-Man game. And they might even talk about the Spider-Man movie. They won't say anything about comics. I think more so than not, I would even maybe say the median age of comic book readers is 40. Hmm. Mid-40s, I would say maybe. 40, something like that. Late 30s, early 40s is where I would bet is like where most comic book readers are. I would say the, I would say if you took a percentage graph, if I had to bet money, I say kids under eighteen make up ten percent. Comic book readers. Yeah, I would say under eighteen. So I'm even counting teenagers in that. Yeah, I would say less than ten percent. I would say at ten or less. I would say the other ninety percent is like above eighteen. Jack's the guy BSI. How many uh? Kids under 18 walk through his door. I mean, he might get, uh, he, he'll probably get some. Like, for instance, when I go to the comic shop, sometimes my kids like to come. Yeah. But you know what? 
I try to encourage them to buy books. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they'll ask me for a comic book. But like my son, a lot of times, he goes straight to the toys. But uh, see, a lot of the problem with the comic book shop is they're like statues and shit. Like this toy's $50. It's not a toy. It's a fucking yeah. statue. It's something that you put and you hold somewhere. It's like an artwork thing. Yeah. It's not just some plastic toy that you can abuse for 10 bucks. They do carry some toys, like cheaper toys and stuff, but not not much because it's not meant for that. Yeah. So keep it in his original wrapping. But years ago, that shit was on the comic stands and 10, 12-year-olds were buying comics and reading because they didn't have all the awesome fucking video games and shit that now yeah. do the storytelling and, you know, take up our time. The screens have taken over. So, I don't know. I might try and look that up. There's got to be a statistic on that, on who's the age group. Because I, I do that a lot with games. In the video game podcast, we just actually did one with shout out to Wasteland Batman. He uh, is a Twitch streamer. You can catch him on Twitch TV slash Wasteland Batman. I think that's it completely. But if you've been on the podcast, I've plugged him a few times. You should know. Yeah. Um, he, um, shit, I just forgot where I was going with it now. What was I just saying on? Well, we were talking about the, uh, you were, Doing the statistics with the game. Statistics, that's right. Yeah. I was talking statistics. He was on a podcast with us. We did the video game stuff. That's why I brought him up because we went over the video game statistics. And every year, every year I like to try and do an episode where we look at the ESA. They take the gaming industry and they break it down in statistics like the, the age groups and what games they play, how they play, where they play, all that kind of stuff like that. We kind of go over it. It's a fun thing. I wonder if there's something like that for comic readers. I think comic readers, I'd be interested to see that because I, I think just talking about it, I never really thought about it, but speaking about it with you right now, like, yeah, I, I think way less kids are, are reading comics than they used to back in the day, but they play video games and they watch like TV and stuff. I think yeah. the, those age groups are fairly a little stronger. I think kids in video games is like around the twenty percent, somewhere around there. So, yeah, comic readers I'd say less than ten, which is interesting because it used to be a, a kid, yeah. you know, kid thing that was kind of hell. When I was growing up, I thought that shit was like kind of kid shit, and I didn't really get into reading comics until like my twenties. And I realized, oh, they tell these kind of stories in comics. Oh yeah, these ain't like oh, this is interesting. And then like I really got into the medium, and like I got into comics. So, um, but I think reading as a whole, I don't know. Like, I wonder how prevalent it is, especially with the younger generation. So, I don't know. My daughter grows up. She loves reading. Yeah. So, my youngest daughter, she's uh, 12 right now. She reads like crazy. She likes going on the store and read. Yeah, but my good, son, good thing, huh? son doesn't really give a shit about reading. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also nine. So, whatever. You know. But um, I don't know, man. But um, uh, I think we'll go ahead and end it here, unless you have anything else you want to comment on. Oh, we were talking at the child stuff. I said that it's lower on the list for me. What do you say about it? Like, what are the things about it that you really spoke to you about the the child what if episode? We'll kind of end on that. Oh, I said it was just really interesting to see. Uh, it was a big indictment on Peter Quill. I would say as a character, 
And, uh, but also just speaks a lot to upbringing because T'Challa was raised with a, a great sense of responsibility. So it's, uh, to see no matter what environment you put him in, he's going to affect great change and to see how great that change was. And it, it, it went all the way up to Thanos to the point where and it to be fair it was a little ridiculous like i i kind of get your point the fact that he was able to talk thanos down Mm -hmm. and make him see an alternative solution i mean it's all in fun and it's a little ridiculous even down to uh the the digimon huntsu character um Star-Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Just like how much of a fanboy he was for Star-Lord. I, I liked him as the fanboy for him because I think that... That was probably... he. You could tell he had fun with that. I mean, yeah, and, and he's I, probably the best character in the I like in that, that one. I like that T'Challa was way more respected because you're right. Somebody who comes to that with more gravitas, I guess, he has more... He demands more respect because he gives more respect. And like somebody like that would have that bigger effect than what, like, Peter Quill was going for, where nobody knew he was. He was a piece of shit, you know, kind of dude, whatever. And he grows into a heroic role, but he still has these character flaws, like when he gets emotional and basically costs the whole thing with Thanos yeah. in that one moment, you know? So, um, seeing the title like that, like, yeah. and I think that, I think... Looking back at it, especially hearing you talk on it, I think I'd just being a little too harsh because... I think they were going for a joke with Thanos. Yeah. But the, to me, I guess the problem that I that I had with it at the time is I was taking this as like, I was taking this as possible alternate universes. Mm-hmm. And when you do the Thanos thing like that, I think you lose me on it being a possible alternate universe. Because if I, like, I feel like it's weird to, to, to bring that into the canon of Marvel. The fact that you literally could just have a conversation with Thanos and undo what he was driven to annihilate half the universe. Killed his daughter to do it. Killed his daughter to do it. Yeah, he was that But you're telling me T'Challa could just talk to him and and he's not going to want to do all that stuff. Like, that's where it sits in this realm of, like, it's too unbelievable to accept in a multiverse of madness type situation right like there's a universe where that happens but i guess i mean but you know the argument is anything could happen that's the argument too all these universes anything can happen so it it honestly it's a small i i I think too the reason why i like the avengers one where they all take it down better it is more that noir type like whodunit and i just like those types of stories it speaks to me a little more than what the the Chala one was, but I I do think it was a very I think it was a really w- well done episode. Everybody was just so different outside of T'Challa who like yeah. like you say you put him he's the same person yeah and then anybody but the, the change he affected like Thanos was great yeah and that like just to see him like talking shop yeah. about how great his plan was yeah. even though he decided to was it, I'm pretty sure it was efficient <laughs> he said no 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 I think it's not genocide because it's random yeah i think the one thing that might have won me over 
on that episode is if they would have given me more Howard the Duck. I was just about to say you wanted more Howard the Duck. More Howard the Duck. Because you keep teasing him. And it's not that I'm a big fan of Howard the Duck, but I like the concept of this silly, like, detective-y type of, like, kind of, basically a noir-ish type character in this, like, Marvel Universe, like, in this galactic setting. And, like, they actually set up a little bit more dialogue with him, but then he just sits at the bar and stays drinking. Which, look... Granted, that's that's a good way to kind of play with them and keep them there. Yeah. Do you think they do anything else with? How, do you think we get anything substantial with Howard the Duck? And if we, they do, how do how do they do it? Do I don't know. I don't know, man. Do you think he gets a TV show, maybe animated? I don't think so. I think he they keep just fucking with. I think he's just something that they like to play with. I don't know because if he you gets. Got Seth, you got Seth Green to do the voice, so you know that's the good point. I mean, is it possible? Of course. But I don't know, man. I feel like there's so much that they got going. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's I way mean, on I the I just kind of feel bottom. like, you know, let's say we can really do Howard the Duck and do it right. Yeah. Just because we're Marvel and, you know, we can and we don't fuck up. Yeah. We, we do yeah. quality shit over here. I wonder if they still try and do it live action. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, they've done them live action. Guardians. He did. He, did. he, so. he was live action. He popped up twice in both Guardians movies. He was like a little cameo thing, I think, in both of them. Huh. I don't remember him in two. I, I think he was in two, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe he popped up in... Um... No, I think he was in both. Hmm. I could be wrong about that, but I think he was in both, and he had just small cameo appearances, but... I would like this. I would have liked to see a little more with him in in the episode. And if they would have done it, they would have probably sold me on it right there. But um, no, it's it's a solid one. So, but I I didn't because I know we spun out of that, and I just wanted to end yeah. on that to come back to it, talk about the things that you liked about it, and and all. But overall, I think the What If series itself has been interesting. I I try and watch the fourth. I'm gonna try and watch the Doctor. I've heard some. I've heard it's really good. It's yeah, I've heard really some good, good things one, about yeah. the Doctor Strange one too. So. I'm interested to see what that is. And I think a new one should be coming out soon. We're on Monday Wednesday. right now, yeah. so Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, so we'll have another one. So. Two episodes to watch. So hopefully, my Cox, Cox is acting like yours when the power comes on. I hope so. Like, when our power cut on, Cox was like it never stopped. It was like as soon as power came on, right? Yeah. So, wow. yeah, I, I was kind of wondering if we would, because, like, the last time we lost power, power came came back on. But Cox didn't come on for like a while later, eight days after the power came on. Yeah. Wow. So, to this one, it, pff, right there. So. Yeah, I got a text message from Cox saying we're trying to get you up as soon as possible. I'm like, well, I ain't got no you power. must be working with energy because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, thank you everybody listening. Um, anybody who's listening that it still doesn't have power, you know, sorry for you. Just like Renee here <laughs> struggling, but hopefully by the time anybody's listening to this, maybe Renee has power. So I better have power. Yeah, that's right. So, um, but you know, this ain't the first time something like this has happened. It ain't going to be the last yes. either. Yes. So, um, you it's know, all we, a part of living in the South. That's right. At least, Hurricane at least. But you know, 
you don't I mean, see you have it. shit everywhere. I mean, everywhere you live. I yeah. don't feel like these hurricanes they'll like to hit around Alabama and Mississippi much at all. It's like Florida and Louisiana get fucked with it. And every once in a while, one spins yeah. out to Texas. Yeah. And Texas gets flooding. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, whatever. We almost got hit with another one. But I think that led low fronts coming in to push that, that uh, I think it was going to be a tropical storm. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna push it back. We still might get some outskirts of rain, but it's supposed to push yeah, that know, back. Yeah, I know we got some rain coming. So over the course of the week. Anyways, uh thank y'all. Uh we're out of here. So Peace. Peace.